Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. This is the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Val. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. This is Holiday. This is Steve Young. E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. Another episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. That would have to be the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. And we both want to welcome you today to episode 80, the 80th episode, and it's shaping up to be a pretty good one. Finally, after 79 episodes, we finally get a good one, Darren. Ocho Cero. There you go. Very nice. You're you're bilingual. You're a poet, and you don't even know it. That doesn't apply there at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. But uh, habla espanol. Mm. Yes, indeed. Uh, Lots and lots of wrestling uh, action going on, because we are getting closer and closer and closer. Oh, it's almost here. I'm talking about WrestleMania. The whole wrestling world goes apey whenever WrestleMania rolls into town. Uh, There's plenty of stuff going on next week uh, leading up to WrestleMania itself, which is, quote-unquote, the granddaddy of them all. Um, but uh, a lot of stuff going on as well in New Japan. New Japan recently actually over on this side of the pond, uh, over in Long Beach, California. And there's so much, there's so much drama in the LBC, Darren. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, there's also a lot of uh, very good wrestling, apparently. So we're going to tell you guys all about Strong Style Evolved. Also, we got some updates that involve the WWE Hall of Fame inductees. We now know who some of the inductors are. Uh, so we'll give you updates on that. Also, very good news for MLW. Uh, they got themselves a nice uh, TV deal. We're going to tell you all about that as well. Whoa. Whoa is right, Darren. And, of course, we have another exciting edition of WrestleMania Roundup. <laughs> where we discuss the happenings. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-oh. You mean the WrestleMania drive-by? <laughs> No, I think I think they understood me correctly, and uh, you need to understand me correctly as well. Uh, WrestleMania Roundup, where we discuss the latest updates going into WrestleMania. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know where you discuss the latest updates going into WrestleMania, but where I've been discussing them is on the WrestleMania Drive By. <laughs> Perhaps you're thinking of a different podcast because that does not exist here on this podcast. Uh, so we're going to tell you about that. Also, a uh, big weekend for uh, Fest Wrestling. For Fest Wrestling Hardcore Hunt taking place in Gainesville, Florida this Saturday, March 31st. And uh, we're going to run down the car, but not just Darren and I. No, no, we're bringing in a ringer. We're bringing in a ringer, folks. We're talking about good friend of the show. And speaking of MLW, Rich Bokini will be on the show today to help us break down the action. Rich Bokini, he is a man for all seasons. He's a man for all independent wrestling organizations. Whether he's sitting next to Tony Schiavone or Max Gregg or Lance Hoyt, this man is the voice of independent wrestling. And he's a good 
dear friend of the show, and I am so happy to have him coming back to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, and we can do that even better than ever when we've got Rich on our side. That is true. He sits down next to some of the great commentators on the indies, and uh, today he's going to be sitting down with us, right next to us, in a far away on his personal computer via Skype kind of way. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Always nice to have Rich on the show. But that ain't all. We have another visitor on the show today. And speaking of Fest Wrestling, this wrestler is coming after the Fest Wrestling champion, the feminist icon Effie. Leva Bates wants dat gold. Well, she wants daddy in the middle of the squared circle, and she's going to get him. Daddy's bringing the groceries. He's bringing the gold, and you know he's going to have that Fest Wrestling crowd behind him 100 and 10%. Uh, Effie says no chance blue pants, but uh, what will Leva have to say herself about this matchup? This is, uh, this is a conversation that uh, I- I'm really, really excited about. We'll talk to Leva about all sorts of things, and uh, of course, we will learn uh, a lot about Leva. And we'll also learn a lot about what we might be expecting from Leva at the Hardcore Hunt. And if we're lucky, we'll learn a little bit about ourselves. She might unlock that inner nugget <laughs> that, that you yourself could not find, Darren. Uh, I, I, ho- I hope so. I'm looking forward to that. So, that inner nugget. Are you talking about the Rock Lord? Um, oh, wow. Yes. Yes. I'm talking about Nugget from the Rock Lords. You know, I had Nugget from the Rock Lords, the, the toy, which was a robot that turned into a rock. And when you can buy Transformers that turn into, like, jets... And cars. I don't know why they thought a rock would be very cool, but regardless, well, I had nugget because nugget was shiny and gold. Oh, that's why. Well, my my point is, my nugget was shiny and gold until I threw him into my above ground pool uh, over the fall and winter seasons uh, when I was a kid, and then when I retrieved him in the springtime, uh, not so gold anymore. Not so well, gold. He he, he did he did not he did not stay gold, Pony Boy. Uh, a little tarnished, a little tarnished there on old Nugget. You know, I bought Nugget at a pick and save. I believe that. I think everyone bought toys from pick and save back in the day. Dear listeners, do you even know what pick and save is? <laughs> well, I'd go down to the, the, the Piggly Wiggly and get me a can of Salomon. We had a Piggly Wiggly too. We had, uh, that's the thing. We had a Woolworths and a Wilbro. We had a... TGNY? That's right. Darren is 100 years old, everybody. So, TGNY. Do you remember TGNY? Now, that's a weird one. That, that is a weird one, yes. Yes. So we're going to talk all about... Do you know what TGNY stands for? No. <laughs> do you, okay, first of all, do you actually remember the store? I do, I do. Was it ice cream? No. No, 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 no. Okay. TGNY... No, they did have an ice cream counter at Woolworths. Though. There you go. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. TGNY... Uh, Toys, games, and yo-yos. What? How did they ever yeah. fail? Speaking of which, R.I.P. Toys R. Us, by the way. R.I.P. Man. Toys R. Us. I, I guess. You, I guess every you could, single one of these stores that I just mentioned. I, I guess if you you know charge twice as much what things are worth, eventually people will stop buying from you. Uh, however, there's news that KB Toys might be making a comeback. Though, did you hear about this? No. Now. No now this has become a morning talk show 
where, <laughs> where we ask each other questions and go, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Oh, oh, well, did you hear about this? Kelly, did you hear about this? <laughs> I tell, I, 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 welcome Kelly Rippa to the show. Kelly Rippa, welcome to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle of the whole reference show. So obviously we've got a lot to talk about on today's show, Darren. We are wasting precious little time. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start with some of them. Headlines. New Japan Pro Wrestling was in the United States for Strong Style Evolved. It went down at Long Beach, California at the Walter Pyramid this past Sunday. And uh, what a show it was, Darren. Uh, Walter Pyramid, that's not one of the great pyramids, is it? I believe so, yes. <laughs> Walter. <laughs> oh, so it was in Egypt. Is it? it wasn't in Long Beach at all. It was in Long Beach, Egypt, at a, at a mini golf course where they have a, a Walter Pyramid at Hole 7. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, it was a, it was a typical uh, the typical great show you would get from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, where they well, course, that's all they know how to do these days. It really is, and they also when they incorporate all those ROH people that I mean they they all they're all so familiar with each other. So I mean they they put on just like top notch matches. Like every single match on this card is just amazing, and this card features a lot of the usual suspects. Uh, Rapongi 3K is there. Old Rocky Romero and Show and Yo. We got the Killer Elite Squad hanging out. Chaos. Bullet Club representing every other match. And in fact, the Bullet Club actually had to go head to head. Head to head. When Cody and Marty Skrull had to take on Tamatanga and Tongaloa. Um, but they were able to defeat the Grills of Destiny. Uh, it was not an easy win for them. Also, uh, Brandy Rhodes is very fortunate once again that she can actually be called Rhodes on television. Um, <laughs> not so fast, Cody. Not so fast, Cody. But the Gorillas of Destiny, I don't know exactly what their destiny is purported to be, but apparently on this night falling short, they were not able to manifest their destiny. That's for sure. That is for sure. Uh, also, uh, Los Ingobbles de Japon was in action, of course. Naito. Uh, always enjoy seeing Naito in action. And he always enjoys seeing you, too, out of the one eye of the. <laughs> Um, holds wide open with, between his fingers. This is true. Uh, it was supposed to be Rey Mysterio Jr. taking on Jush and Thunder Liger. However, Rey Mysterio injured himself. Instead, you get Will Ospreay taking on Jush and Thunder Liger. And that, that was a pretty good match. At the end of it, Will Ospreay, who actually defeated Jush and Liger, uh, did challenge Rey Mysterio uh, down the road. So down the road, we'll get Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Will Ospreay. Uh, so that and should that be, is uh, that'll be worth the price of admission alone. That'll be that'll be very interesting. Uh, I think honorable mention for the night though, uh, Jay White defending that uh, IWGP US title against Hangman Page. I've never really been a big like Jay White. Do you mean uh, Switchblade? <laughs> I mean Switchblade. Uh, I've never really been a big uh, fan of Hangman Page, um, but this match actually made me like him a lot. It was a very very good match. I was very surprised that Hangman Page could put on this caliber match, uh, <laughs> which that probably sounds horrible. Um, but I, I just I didn't know he had it in him, and I was pleasantly surprised, I will say. Uh, but uh, Jay White does hold on to that U.S. title. He he just got it from Kenny Omega. He's not going to lose it immediately. No, man, no. Ain't going to go down like that. But, uh, I mean, that match isn't even mentioned at all uh, the next day at the water cooler, or the Twitter water cooler, as it were. Uh, because that main event, that over 40-minute-long tag team match between the Young Bucks and the Golden Lovers, 
Kenny Omega and Kodo Ibushi uh, was just so damn good. Really, really good. The, the, the reformed Golden Lovers, they're back, Darren. Well, four of the most talented single wrestlers, not singles wrestlers, four of the most talented single wrestlers in the world, uh, all in the ring at the same time, uh, uh, split into two pairs. What more could you ask for? I mean, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is the hottest commodity in wrestling right now. The Young Bucks, I mean, the Young Bucks, I mean, they everywhere they walk turns into a yellow brick road. These guys are are, are incredible, and Kota Ibushi, who is praise is heaped upon this guy uh, everywhere he turns. Uh, I'm glad to see him in the main event here because despite all of the hype. He doesn't always seem to get uh, the payoff in the end. I mean, I think back to Wrestle Kingdom uh, just last year, and uh, he was forced to wrestle in his only appearance under a mask as Tiger Mask W. Oh, and yes. So, you know, I don't understand why New Japan has been reluctant to, to really uh, put, put the machine behind Kota Ibushi, but that clearly changed here in Long Beach, and that's awesome because Ibushi – is a an outstanding wrestler. I mean, he he's up there with absolutely anyone on that New Japan roster, or a Ring of Honor roster, or a WWE roster. They probably all laughed at him in WWE when they were like, "You're not going to stick around after the CWC. You're lost, buddy." And now here he is, you know, <laughs> headlining the uh, the New Japan event here. Um, and the Golden Lovers, man, they. They're pulling off some like fantastic tag team maneuvers that are worth mentioning, considering they're fighting the Young Bucks, and they're just they're just full of really great tag team offense, uh, really creative and innovative offense. Um, not the innovators of offense. That's what uh, Tommy Dreamer was, I believe. Uh, no, is that no no? Was that Canyon? Was oh, Canyon? Canyon. Canyon was yeah yeah. No no, I think Tommy Dreamer was the innovator of violence. Correct. A lot of innovation in wrestling is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> but no, like the, the, these are four, like Darren said, four very talented wrestlers. Some of the most talented wrestlers you're going to find anywhere you go. Um, Omega and Ibushi do get the win over the, the Young Bucks. And Omega wants things to be okay between him and the Young Bucks. He wants to be friends with them. And uh, it, it's, it's, it seems like it might be working out that way. But Cody runs out and ruins everything. Uh, and that's uh, that's how that goes. So I, 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 the American nightmare. I mean, it's a waking nightmare for the Bullet Club right now that they're trapped in. Yeah, I don't see someone named the American Nightmare as a face anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> so Cody's just going to be a jerk forever, apparently. Jerk forever. Well, that might mean something else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, great event. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be on New Japan's streaming service, uh, if, if it isn't already, sometime soon. Definitely check it out. I mean, all the matches are definitely worth watching, but that main event, though, hoo hoo hoo, good stuff. Good stuff indeed. Can't wait to come back to uh, this side of the world, and uh, hopefully I can check them out. The next show is actually going to be in San Francisco, so I don't know if I can make it there, but uh, time will tell. Speaking of time, it's time. That Major League Wrestling, MLW, signs a television deal. Wow. We didn't have to wait very long. <laughs> MLW just came back. Now, 
the company that they're uh, that that believes in them, man, they they sure knew what they were going after. They went after it. They got it. I mean, everybody loves somebody who knows what they want. Uh, be in sports. Be in sports beginning on the twentieth of April, on Friday nights at eight p.m. with an eleven p.m. replay are going to be airing Major League Wrestling, MLW. MLW just returned a few months ago after a many years long hiatus. What was their first show called? (laughs) One shot. (laughs) One shot. I guess they hit their mark with that one shot. Well, they most certainly did. They, uh, that was, uh, you only get one wish and that one wish is for infinite wishes. Apparently (laughs) that's what MLW pulled the bait and switch on us with that. MLW definitely was not one shot, and uh, we have been treated to MLW shows bi-monthly ever since the return. And now we've got a weekly television show. That is fast work for a TV deal. Now, BN Sports, I don't know what channel that is on uh, on my cable provider. Uh, this is a, a channel that airs NCAA football uh, as well as international soccer and boxing. And uh, from what I've read, uh, the boxing part of BN Sports is really taken with the way that MLW presents its product. You know why? It presents its product like a sport, less like sports entertainment. And nobody likes that shit more than me. I love that. And because they have Rich Bokini and Tony Schiavone calling the action, you know Tony Schiavone is calling MLW like a damn baseball game, and I mean that in the very best way. Right. It's it's a very professional presentation. It's no surprise they got picked up. Uh, them getting picked up as quickly as they did is very surprising. Um, but I mean, MLW Radio is 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 the machine that's behind it as well, um, and and that gets so many listeners. So it's kind of easy to fill those seats, or at least it would seem that way. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be reaching even more people. BN Sports reports that MLW will now have access to 50 million households in the United States. Wow, that's uh, that's more than <laughs> that's more than a lot of places could say. Uh, yeah, Court Bauer, who is uh, sort of the the evil genius behind all things MLW, former WWE staff writer, former. Uh, MLW leader and current MLW Svengali, if you will. Uh, Court Bauer is quick to announce that in the fall, we will see tag team championships and a middleweight belt join the uh, world championship, which will be decided on the 12th of April. So now we are filling out this, uh, this company with divisions, with championships, television deal and hey like we said at the opening of the show with the voice of independent wrestling rich bokini joined by tony shivani how beautiful and professional is the show going to sound just for starters right if you didn't know any better and you were in the other room like washing dishes and this just came on after an ncaa game you heard tony shivani's voice you'd be like they're playing old Nitro, or uh, is this an old <laughs> right. Thunder, or what's going on? 
Um, so, I mean, it's good for MLW, obviously. It'd be good for any organization to get TV time. So, you know, good on you. Hey, MLW, you did it. You did it. I can't wait to watch this product. Well, speaking of seeing products on TV, WWE has never had that problem. And on the subject of WWE, we have some more updates involving the Hall of Fame. Now, I think they have officially announced all the inductees, but now we actually have more of a list of inductors. Uh, We found out last week that Edge and Christian were actually inducting the Dudley Boys, and Darren and I actually argued, like, hey, why not Paul Heyman? That makes a lot more sense. But don't worry, folks. Paul Heyman will be there to induct someone because Paul Heyman is going to be inducting Goldberg into the Hall of Fame. Hold up. (laughs) I don't want to hear any single argument that says, man, Paul Heyman managing Brock Lesnar, very big part of Goldberg's last run. That's not an untrue statement. That does not mean he needs to induct Goldberg into the WWE Hall of Fame at all. I don't care how big a part Heyman was in this last run. The last run is not what makes Goldberg's career Hall of Fame worthy at all. At all, at all. Bill Goldberg had a Hall of Fame worthy career before he appeared in the WWE the first time all those years ago. I I agree. Yeah. Bill Goldberg, I I don't understand. Having Heyman induct him would be like having Michael Cole induct him because Michael Cole called those matches. (laughs) When he fought Kevin Owens and won the Universal title, called that match against Lesnar. you, 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 you might as well you you might as well have like the 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 cotton candy vendor at uh, the <laughs> Camping World Stadium who saw the match that went down at WrestleMania 33. He's inducting Goldberg. He was there. He was instrumental in Goldberg's Hall of Fame career. Right here, we we brought Helen Keller to induct <laughs> Goldberg. I, I love that it's a Helen Keller joke in that it involves Helen Keller, but it's not your typical Helen Keller joke. Um, but no, that that would make just as much sense. You could, you could, uh, you could have like Bischoff and Duck Goldberg, you know, because he, you know, kind of made yes, Goldberg. Yes. Um, but and, and I think the just the double whammy of that is Paul Heyman inducting Goldberg, yet not inducting. Uh, the Dudley voice. That, that's kind of the, the the major problem with that for me. He's, he's going to fucking be there anyway. Are you kidding me? And he's not going to induct the right person or persons, now, I there, should say. There, there are exactly three people. Uh, if we, Okay. God almighty. Um, if we're just saying that anybody can induct anybody, then just have it anybody induct anybody. Uh, <laughs> If we're trying to connect things, if we're trying to make it make sense, then really there's only like three people that can induct Goldberg. Bischoff, probably DDP, or maybe Hulk Hogan. You know, DDP for being like, you know, sort of sort of like died in the wool, born and bred, 
Atlanta, Power Plant, WCW, kind of that that thing. Friends with Goldberg, Bischoff for creating Goldberg, and Hogan for the match that no one will ever forget in the Georgia Dome where Hogan puts over Goldberg and Goldberg wins his first ever world championship. Right. Outside of that, Heyman inducting Heyman inducting Goldberg is just stupid. Well, you forget, Darren, WWE likes to pretend that only their history exists in wrestling. So, you know, instead of having basically anyone from WCW induct Goldberg, they pretend, oh, that whole thing didn't happen. He was only ever a WWE guy. Dudley Boys, EC who? No, no, TLC. That's what made the Dudley Boys. So it, it's all well, fake bullshit. Hashtag fake bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, and speaking to the point, but to return to the thing about the Dudley Boys, you know, I got a, I got messaged last week from a friend of the show, longtime listener, dear, dear listener, uh, Ryan Kelly, who uh, rem- remarked that how could I, of all people, not suggest that Raven, who created the Dudley Boys, how could I, my favorite wrestler of all time being Raven, how could I not suggest on our podcast the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. How could I not suggest that Raven be the one to induct the Dudley boys into the WWE hall of fame. And I responded to him as I will respond right now publicly, which is to say, because I do try <laughs> Fuck to answer you, things. Unfriend. <laughs> no, I, because I do try to, when we're having these types of conversations, uh, discuss things that are actually in the realm of possibility. Like I know Joel, other people might've thought that my uh, mentioning of Joel Gertner was ludicrous or out of the question, but I I really don't think so. I mean, Joel Gertner's probably appeared on WWE programming two or three times since Raven has, you know, and I know that they got Raven to come back for that uh, top 50 moments to ECW but he's not a guy WWE is just going to bring around. He's not. And that's why I didn't mention him. Who would I want most of all to induct the Dudleys? Raven. Hmm. Of course. That's exactly who I would want. But I know that's never going to happen. So I'm only now, now I'm wasting time, but I chose not to do it last time because I didn't want to waste time. So now I'm wasting your time. Thank you, Ryan Kelly. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, also, moving on, this will make a lot more sense. Molly Holly uh, inducting uh, Ivory into the Hall of Fame. That makes sense. They actually wrestled together, and they didn't really have much of a career outside of, you know, uh, outside of WWE, you know, except for Ivory's glow days, maybe. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, right? There's not a whole lot to add to that, except for, like, oh, okay, I, I get that, and that's kind of it, right? Right. There's nothing to be angry about here. It's, it's it, it works for me. And it'd be nice to see Molly Holly again. It will be very nice. But why isn't Paul Heyman doing it, Darren? Because when you have, and then he... Okay, no, that, that, that's fine. I'm okay with that one. Also one that's kind of a no-brainer, makes all the sense in the world, uh, would be the Road Dog inducting Jeff Jarrett into the Hall of Fame. The Roadie! If we get to hear him sing My Baby tonight, I think it'd be all worth it. What do you say, Darren? Uh, yeah. I'll, if, if, if... If 2018 Road Dog Jesse James, if he s- stands on that stage 
in New Orleans next week and sings, I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. (laughs) That will beyond any shadow of a doubt be the highlight of the WrestleMania week. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, I I hope it happens for your sake. Uh, I don't know if, well, I'm just saying uh, if, if you wanted to count how many times since I was 16 years old that I have ridden around with my copy of Full Metal, the album, listening to With My Baby Tonight over and over and over again. And as a matter of fact, piecing together my WrestleMania road trip playlist on Spotify, you can bet your sweet bippy that with my baby tonight, it's on that playlist. I, I my sweet bippy has been betted, and uh, I'm doubling down on it that it, it's it's what you said it was. Um, so so we'll, we'll get it, and the odds are in your favor that that might actually happen, Darren. So fingers crossed for you. And uh, speaking of WrestleMania, though, and speaking of WrestleMania week, we got some updates involving WrestleMania. Some of the matches have changed slightly. We're going to get into that, but that's not for the headline section. No, no. For that, we got to pull out our six shooters, head over to the Pecos, throw out a lariat, and head to the WrestleMania Roundup. And while you're heading that way, I'm pulling on my knuckleless leather gloves, putting on my driving cap. I'm grabbing a hold to my six speed and I'm popping the clutch because I'm on the WrestleMania drive-by. And when you park your city wagon, you can climb on out of there, put your saddle on top of a horse, climb on aboard, and head out west for the WrestleMania Rand. Yep. Did you say put my saddle on a hearse? <laughs> no, a horse now. Well, I think that I might put my saddle on a hearse, <laughs> much like The Undertaker, and I'll grab a hold to that six-speed on my hearse, and I'll pop the clutch, and I'll squeal rat-think-style, Dragula-style, all the way down I-10 to New Orleans, because we are on a drive-by. So, segment names aside, uh, we do have some changes to the uh, WrestleMania lineup here. Uh, SmackDown Tag Titles, now a triple threat match. And why not? Everything else is. Uh, <laughs> or so it seemed for a while. Actually, another uh, triple threat match has been changed up a bit. Uh, but it's, it's triple threat match. It's going to be between the Usos, the New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers. I don't know if this is an attempt to try to take out the Bludgeon Brothers. It might take two teams to do it. Uh, kind of like uh, Shades of last year's uh, TakeOver in Orlando, where uh, the Revival and DIY had to kind of join forces to try to take on the Authors of Pain, which didn't end well for either team, by the way. Authors of Pain walked away with uh, the belts on that one. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. I- I'm looking for some similar booking in this match, though. It might actually be the same exact deal, where it's just the Usos and the New Day teaming up together and doing their moves together, 
um, against the Bludgeon Brothers. We got shades of that on, you know, SmackDown recently where Big E teamed up with one of the Usos. I forget which one. Um, <laughs> and uh, the Usos and the New Day themselves, when they're fighting each other the last time, they actually did each other's signature moves. So, I mean, they, they know each other so well, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, to, to say this one more time, to go back to that uh, TakeOver Orlando Triple Threat Tag Team match, that is one of my favorite booked matches I've ever seen. I, I love that match so much. So uh, I, I won't say it'll be that, but it should be interesting. It will be interesting. To go back to the very first thing you said, which was, it's a Hi, my name is Perry. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, rather, Goo Goo Gaga. The first thing I ever said. The first thing you said at the beginning of this uh, this this little little bit little monologue. Okay, thank uh, you, thank you, thank you for belittling it. <laughs> That's a little cute little, thing. Your, your mouth was making those those sounds again, where you say things. Uh, <laughs> don't mansplain right. to me, Darren. Um, I'll mansplain wherever I like, and I will also manspread wherever I like. Fair enough. That sounds gross. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but that's the core of our show, isn't it, Darren? Uh, so Triple Threat Tag Team <laughs> should be a lot of fun. Another change. Last week we mentioned Daniel Bryan's uh, clearance medically to return to action. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Um, and we, we thought uh, Bryan seemed like he maybe wouldn't want to take place in any kind of tag team match that involved him and Shane McMahon. Uh, taking on Owens and Zayn, we got swerved because that's what's going on. Um, <laughs> Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon will take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn recently lost their jobs to the company. Wink. Uh, and if they win, if Zayn and Owens wins, they get to come back. They get rehired status uh, for the company. So uh, th this again, didn't this kind of happen already <laughs> a couple of pay-per-views ago? <laughs> Where they would be fired if they didn't win a match or uh, something like that? I don't. I, I don't. It absolutely, it absolutely did. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm so ready for something worthwhile to happen with Kevin Owens again, and not to mention Sami Zayn, but especially Kevin Owens. This guy was the biggest deal just a few years ago. The biggest deal, as he he he, he was a bull on a china shop down in NXT, and I will to this day, stand by that series of matches that he had over that summer with John Cena. Those matches are, uh, man, they're, they're a true testament to not only what a star Kevin Owens is capable of being, but the, 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 the way that John Cena can wrestle. That spotlighted both of those dudes. Kevin Owens, who they thought wasn't ready John Cena, who they thought needed to go away, and those guys tore down the house three out of three times. Mm. But ever since then, we're seeing nothing. Give me some Kevin Owens. Give me legit badass fighting from on top Kevin Owens. He's mean. He's nasty. He'll hurt you, and he'll talk about it. He's a, he's a sore winner. He's a sore loser, and, and he's just he's tough as nails. He can play that character, and he doesn't have to be Strowman's size to do it. I feel like uh, I feel like anyone who gets put in a program with Shane McMahon, it's just such a momentum killer. 
Uh, <laughs> it's like, we're not going to program with Shane for six months, and that'll be a lot of fun. He, he, he needs to fall off of something high, so we'll, we'll have this whole waste of time for you. It's just the way it goes. Um, so, you know, not really interested too much in this match. It'd be cool to see Daniel Bryan back, but not in this capacity. Like, then no one wants to see this match happen. Like, like Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn? Sure. Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens? Sure. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus anybody? No, 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 no. I think uh, you'd agree with me on that one because you're shaking your head affirmatively. Um, slight change to the U.S. title uh, match at WrestleMania. Originally, it was supposed to be Bobby Roode and Mahal, Jinder Mahal, taking on Randy Orton, who had just won the U.S. title. Uh, now they've added Rusev into the picture, and it's now a fatal four-way match. I guess they realized what we said basically in the last episode uh, which was, this has shades of Intercontinental Champion match, which is also a triple threat match. So we need to kind of change it up a little bit. Uh, so they did. And they added Rusev, which I think is nice, gives Rusev something to do. And I, I call me crazy, but, you know, Rusev is so over right now. And the Rusev Day thing has really taken off. This might be a good opportunity for Rusev to become the U.S. champion and uh, maybe get some, uh, get some momentum going behind him. Just don't have it happen and then have him fight Shane McMahon because it's going to kill it all over again. <laughs> yeah, that could not be more true. Uh, with that being said, I, I mean, I'd like to see Rusev win, uh, but I'd like to see I'd like to see Jinder win. Uh, Jinder needs some heat back. Uh, they they did him wrong. They did him dirty, just taking that belt away and then kicking him out to pasture. We need to see <laughs> him and a hundred other wrestlers. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Right. But man, it was so high to so low so fast. And I think he just needs uh, he needs more time in the sun. We need to see the resurrection of Jinder Mahal. Hashtag don't hinder Jinder, man. So high to so low so fast, though some would argue so low to so high in the beginning. So maybe it kind of balanced itself out, Darren. Maybe that's just nature's way. Well, I don't think it's nature's way. I think it's Vince McMahon's way because Vince McMahon's way is the only way. Uh, of course, I think there is a highway as well. But uh... <laughs> Well, life is that. So I think we all know that life is a highway. Um, that's it. Those are the updates for WrestleMania. And with that, we uh, say goodbye to WWE programming for a little bit because we're going to talk about some hot indie Wrestling action. Fest Wrestling, our favorite indie organization. They're having themselves a little party. By that, I mean wrestling show. But to them, it's really the same thing. Uh, the Hardcore Hunt is this Saturday, March 31st, in Gainesville, Florida. And we're going to run down the card for Hardcore Hunt. We're not going to do it alone, though. Rich Bokini is on the show. Let's talk to Rich, Darren. All right. Dear listeners, it's time for... Party Punk Pro Wrestling again. It's time for Fest Wrestling. The hardcore hunt is upon us. We are all descending on Gainesville, Florida to take in the action. But before we arrive in Hogtown, you know the whole ref and show is going to break down the Fest show and give you a little preview. And joining us, as has become a most welcome tradition here, on the whole reference show, as we jump into a fest weekend, we're joined by the voice of fest wrestling, Rich Bokini. Welcome to the show, Rich. Oh, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? 
Well, doing well. Doing excellent. Only, I'm only one of two voices. You forget to you forget to mention Max. See, Why do you ever ask Max to be on here? <laughs> I did. Max Why is, is it always me? Cool. Huh? Max is too cool. Max is stacking up consonants at the end of his names. <laughs> That's true. He is. He, he does he have... Is. And, his name, and, and his name is backwards, too. I've never been able to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's often confused me as well. Um, and also the extra consonants, I haven't really uh, figured that one out yet as right, well. Right. And th- that's why I never say the voice of. I always say one of the voices of. But anyway. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> Thanks for the handicap match where I'm the asshole. I'm sorry Max <laughs> isn't here, everyone. Next time Max will be here. Thank you. Much better. So, Hardcore Hunt. Hardcore hunt, gentlemen. Looking forward to this one. Yes, of course. And sunny, when it's sunny. Gainesville, Florida. Eight seconds, as always. Yeah, hopefully it'll be sunny. It's been uh, it's been kind of a dreary time here in the North Florida, South Georgia area this week. I don't think uh, I don't think Mother Nature's figured out that it's almost April. So there's no telling what Hogtown's going to be like this weekend. But Hogtown. Oh, absolutely. Why is it Hogtown? Oh, Gainesville, long before they built a university there, it was uh, known as the hog-slaughtering capital of Florida. Gainesville? Gainesville, exactly. I thought Gainesville was the, uh, you know, the worldwide clearing center for used doors and door accessories. (laughs) (laughs) There there do seem to be a lot of extra doors. The the hog-slaughtering central of the world, is what you're saying. Well, that, 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 yes, they would actually they would actually use the doors. They'd close the doors on the hogs to kill them, and they had a lot of <laughs> oh, they had a lot of extra doors, which Tony Weinbender snatches up and uses uh, at every fest show. Um, That's absolutely right. true. So you're both you know, right. Gainesville, Gainesville has a rich history, not a rich bikini history, but uh, <laughs> it does though. It will this Saturday. <laughs> well, as, you know, for a couple of years now, it does. It kind of has a rich bikini history. I guess. Okay. And, oh, I'm, excuse, me, excuse me. And a Max Gregg history. <laughs> <laughs> Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Guys, I, I think I think that people are listening because they want to hear us talk about who's going to wrestle at Fest, not who's going to talk on the show. We're already here talking. So let's take a look at the card. Okay. Okay. Do you have the card? How did you get the card and why don't I have it? <laughs> because you don't have an Instagram, Rich. Oh, okay. Sorry. So it's, I could have found this where? I could have found this on Instagram if I had one. Is that what you you're saying? Could have found this on Instagram if you had one. They they've been uh, releasing a match by match recently, uh, and so I think they've got this. This, this would be the fest Instagram, is what you're saying. That's right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Nice right. plug. Nice plug for fest Instagram. Yeah. I see. I was trying. I was. I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to lead him there and he's just not getting it. I'm like, okay, so where, I, on Instagram, where would I find this? That's when you give out the address. Oh man, we'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll... yes. As a matter of fact, at Fest Wrestling on uh, on Instagram. Fest Wrestling, you know, you know, Fest Wrestling, dear listeners, Fest Wrestling on Instagram. You can look at all their pretty pictures and you can share their pretty pictures. And there you you're used to the the listeners are used to my spiel on Instagram, but only when I'm talking about. The whole ref and show. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N. <laughs> Has anybody ever told you that you sound like Pendulette? Oh. And I don't know why I'm hearing that. But right now, your your, pre- your presentation, is it's very Pendulette. Oh, well, I take that as a major compliment as a lifelong fan of Mr. Gillette's humor and magic. 
<laughs> I, I'd much rather he did an impersonation of Teller than Pin Gillette. <laughs> oh, you pit, you pit and Teller there. fans will laugh at that one. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I am. I am. Hey, why don't, why don't you try doing your, uh, your, your Teller, uh, your, yeah, your Teller impersonation and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll handle this stuff here. Okay. Okay. What do you say? S- starting now. Starting now. Okay, if I'm doing Teller, that means you two fuckers have to talk. Oh, wait, wait. I, th- I thought I was doing Teller. Oh, my All God. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let's, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I've mucked up the gears here. Let's actually do this. I, I'm glad okay, we got into it about Penn and Teller, though. Wow. I really, I, apparently, uh, Perry has, has, has turned heel on me. So now the two of you are tagged. Now I really will have to have Max Gregg on this fucking show. So that. I can have a partner. I, I just feel like Rich uh, isn't on enough wrestling podcasts, so he needs another one to really yeah. get the word out there, the, the Rich Bokini uh, gospel, if you will. Right. Let's talk about the matches going on this Saturday at Hardcore Hunt. We got tag team action, lots of it. Uh, looking forward to this one, a triple threat tag team match. Tech, which is three equally charming heterosexuals, of course, uh, taking on the Ugly Ducklings. They're no strangers to each other. But a little bit of extra, a little Awaken. Awaken, kind of being a, a monkey wrench thrown into this match. So, triple threat tag team match. What do you guys think? I'm still waiting for Awaken to fall apart at the seams because I don't really believe that uh, Leon Scott has those guys under his thumb as much as he thinks he does. I think there's an ins- there's an insurgency brewing, and I think it's only a matter of time. And if I... If, if I were one to, to, to tell or to advise Leon Scott, some free advice right here on this podcast, watch your back with those guys because, again, there's an insurgency brewing and Leon Scott's not going to like what happens. Wow. Well, I agree. I uh, Don't turn your back on the Wolf Taylor. <laughs> and uh, I think that Wolf Taylor is only going to be slapped in the face so many times by Leon Scott before he does exactly that, turns his back. Uh, on the the leader of Awaken. That's right. Uh, we have been seeing a lot of uh, turmoil, inner turmoil in the ring between the two. Uh, so I'm I'm with Rich on this one. I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, if Wolf is not under Leon Scott's thumb, he might only be under the pinky at this point, which means he could lose he can lose control at any time. And Vandal, who knows what Vandal's thinking? Am I right? He's into the wild card in the whole thing where. Um... Yeah, it's, you can just you can feel it. It's something that you know it's tough to put a finger on, but you can tell something's not quite right. Absolutely, uh, but yeah, I feel like Vandal's kind of always had one foot out the door, at least recently. Plus, if he's not coordinating the gear, he's not committed. <laughs> Vandal never committed. That Turkish garb, man. He never committed. He's too colorful for uh, Awaken. It's true. Um, and speaking of colorful ducklings, these are some colorful characters and tech. Uh, them as well, and yeah, I never get tired of seeing these two teams go at it. It's always, it's always a clinic, as they say, and I'm glad that I'm sick, and I'm always at this clinic uh, to watch them wrestle. <laughs> what the fuck? Someone help me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. Was, I enjoyed that. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I, oh, I'm done. So someone else talk, please. I, oh, I, I'm mostly. I, I think I have to say I'm most excited about Jim Sherbert. I hope that he's back to stay. Uh, I, I hope so as well. We were wondering where he was. I know. Hashtag where's Jim Sherbert finally became hashtag there's Jim Sherbert. Mm, and I'm there, glad there. he's there because nobody talks shit like Jim Sherbert. <laughs> That's true. That's true. This is very true. What I wanted to ask you was, um, 
why do you think the Ducks are going to win? Uh, because they've been guests on our show. They're hashtag, okay. <laughs> hashtag friends of the show. Uh, also talent, talent a second. But first, first and foremost. Yeah, but Dad, I think Jim Sherbeer is the wild card. Coach Mikey! Coach Mikey is a big, a big, wonderful wild card. No, that's very true, but I think that Mikey has had the advantage on Sherbert, and it's time for Sherbert to really turn turn the beat around, as they say. I think he may have found a way. I think he's been doing his homework. Coach Mikey's had his number. I, I, I think he studied the tape, and I think we're going to see big things from Jim Sherbert. Oh, wow. So Rich is going with Tech in this match. Um, I'm going to go with the Ducks. I, I, I got to go with what brought me to the dance. I like the Ugly Ducklings quite a bit, I must say. Darren? Well, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely going with Tech. I'm definitely going with Tech. Wow. So we're unanimous. Anyone but Awaken. Because we just loathe and despise those jerks so much. We do. Terrible people. Terrible yeah. people. They should all be arrested. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Uh, moving on, more tag team action. This one is actually uh, a, t- a team that they actually tagged in the last Fest show. Carlina Gore and Saeed Al-Sabah taking on Darby Allen and Priscilla Kelly. Uh, the recently more or less engaged Priscilla Kelly, Darby Allen. Will, will she be Priscilla Kelly Allen, you think, or no? I, I don't know. How is she more or less engaged? More or yeah, less. It's, more it's, or- it's usually down a 50-50 proposition is it it depends on the commitment folks but anyway more or less recently engaged. Oh, okay. could, there you go. fuck for all we know they could be they could be married by now <laughs> that's true unless it's more recently or less right. more or less recently of course uh so gore and sabah uh they're, they make they make a pretty good tag team but uh alan and kelly who knows what they talk about when they're not in the ring when they're out driving to the next city or you know, shared a hotel room. Okay, let's not, let's not go down that road. Or, 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 or start stopping off at the nearest graveyard to, to rob the, the mausoleum, right? That, that sounds about right, actually. I would 100% believe that. When they're out ghost hunting, what are they thinking exactly. about? Exactly. So, I mean, uh, Alan and Kelly, they're, they're going to do whatever it takes to get that big W. Uh, w means win. Um, and uh, Gorn Sabah, though, they're just solid, solid wrestlers. So it's very... <laughs> Did you just say W means win? <laughs> Jesus Christ! What is happening? Today? I don't. I don't know. I, I think we're all loopy. <laughs> I, I think there might be a carbon monoxide leak in this house. Um... <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. There are three simultaneous carbon monoxide leaks <laughs> Georgia, Texas, and California. Oh, it's an epidemic of carbon monoxide, folks. Please <laughs> check your oh, detectors. Check your carbon monoxide detectors. Oh, God, that's, oh, that's I so hope you're stupid. Having as, fun, uh, having as much fun listening to this, dear listeners, as we are recording it. So, <laughs> so Okay, Carlina Gore and Saif Al-Sabah. I think they deserve a victory. Well, they don't deserve anything. Why do they des- What do you mean? They, they don't... You know, just to, what, ostensibly they just deserve to win? He's, he's oh, yeah, not, they are. They deserve it. What do they do to win? They don't, they don't deserve anything. Rich is they, not they, wrong. They you don't deserve a victory. You earn victory, Darren. Right. You, But they, they, the, the sweat equity that they've paid into the universe, I think it's coming back around for Gore and Sabah. Sweat equity. Some would call that sweat <laughs> 
Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Swequity. Are you the one? Are you the one who called it Swequity? Uh, yes, for now on, Swequity. And I, uh, Rich, please work that into your uh, into your broadcasting for this Saturday's performance. I'll, I'll do what I can. Please I'll talk about talk about Gore and Sabah's Swequity. Please do it. Swequity. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so Gore and Sabah, they, they've put in the Swequity as we've established, <laughs> and I just don't know that nasty Darby Allen and. <laughs> and spooky Priscilla Kelly uh, have what it takes to overcome the sweat <laughs> <laughs> We've got right off the rails with this one. All right, let's move on to the next match. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, okay, okay, okay. Sweatquity aside, um, both these tag teams, uh, they've tagged before. They know each other. Uh, they know what their capabilities are. They only get better and better every match. So it's a, it's a toss-up, really, but, I mean, i got to give it to Allen and Kelly just because there's that closeness. They're a bit more close, a bit more, you know, in each other's heads. So in a tag team more match... Ex- more, more experienced as a team. There you go. Thank you. You've done this uh, more than I have. <laughs> so you're better at it. What do you think, Darren? Uh, well, I'm going with Team Sweckwitty. <laughs> I mean, without a doubt, i got to go with Carlina Gore and Saeed al I'm not going to waste all the, the precious energy I just put in. I'm not going to waste all of my sweat equity that I have now put in for Gore and Sabah here and swerve with an Alan Kelly pick. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to move on from that. <laughs> Another tag now, team match. Uh, now, now that we've had a couple of tag team matches, you guys ready for a tag team match? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think, that, I think that we should book an entire card of tag team matches. Well, this uh, one, this one's pretty close. I will say, this one's pretty close. <laughs> Another tag match. This time, it's Matt Nix and Stevie Fierce. We saw them last at Fest Wrestling. We are family. Uh, so that it's been a while since we've seen them around, but they're back. They're tagging up against Beastly and Milo Beasley, uh, Darren's favorite wrestler, based on last name alone. There, there's too too many names that are similar here. Yeah, uh, Beasley, Beasley, and Beasley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I remember Milo. I, you know, obviously Beasley is uh, everybody. Lo- how, how can you not love Beasley? You know Aww, what I mean? Oh, he's lovable. Uh, yeah, you can't not. So yeah, I, I, I think I think it'll be fun to see them together. I'm, I'm just kind of worried about what we're going to call them because it's going to get confusing. Well, what might be confusing for you, Rich, is Matt Nix and Stevie Fierce. Fingers crossed, you mess up and call him Stevie Nix. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that. I'm happens. sure that'll happen too. <laughs> guarantee you that'll probably happen. I hope their tag team name is Stevie Nicks. Uh, I, I really hope it is. Okay, I mean, seriously, can we, this really needs to be booked as Stevie Nicks versus Milo Beastly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It writes yeah. itself. It does. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Beastly, though, and, and Beasley, because, again, they've done it before. They've tagged before. Um, Beastly and Beastly have that ferocity. Uh, I've seen it happen. Uh, Stevie Fierce, Matt Nicks. Uh, I don't think they have that, that killer instinct that Beastly was apparently born with. I don't know where he was born, but it was dark and dank and, and, and lonely. He became a monster. Well, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm, go, I'm going with, my, with Milo, Milo Beastly is, I, I think, what, what we'll call him. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the last time we saw Milo Beastly, uh, they both ended up in a, in a, in a trough full of uh, PBR tall boys. So if they can steer clear of being put on ice, oh. I definitely think 
they have what it takes to overcome Team Stevie Nicks. <laughs> you've been waiting all you've been waiting all day for that, haven't you? Oh yeah. I have. I wrote that one first thing this morning, and I've been rehearsing it over That's and that. over, looking into a mirror. <laughs> why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I I wouldn't not. Right. Right. Uh, so how about some tag team action, guys? Uh, this one though. <laughs> this one. This one's actually for the Fest Wrestling Tag Team Belts, uh, which, of course, Gymnasty Boys won by winning the uh, Love is a Battlefield uh, Love Cup, which is awesome. A very deserving tag team, Darren would say they were de deserving. Uh, they have These guys have some sweatquity, which, when you talk about these two, it does sound a bit more nasty, a bit more vile and vulgar, because these two guys, White Mike, Timmy Lou Retton, these are some nasty dudes. They're taking on the carnies, though. All right, moving on. Brody King. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you. Oh, Darren, go ahead. So much like Stevie Fierce and Matt Nix, we are seeing the Carnies come back to Fest Wrestling. We, uh, they're not regulars, but this is not their first rodeo. They will be bringing their talents against the Gymnasty Boys, and they're, they're going for the gold. We're right here, and they're going after the gold at the Hardcore Hunt. How did, how did they get themselves into a title match? Yeah, well, I like to ask that first, same question. That's, that's, what I, that's what I want to know. Whose palms were greased? I know they're carnies. I mean, that's their name, right? So they, so they probably worked some kind of uh, some kind of swerve to get themselves involved in this. But so, some, some shenanigans. Some shenanigans, yeah. So that, I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. What you know, I remember saying this about Caleb Conley before when he when he had his title match against. Uh, uh, at the time, Heidi Lovelace. I said, okay, that's great. Yeah, he's, what, what has he done here to deserve this? That's my question. I'm not I'm not putting them down, but honestly, what have they done at Fest to deserve a title opportunity? And of, of Caleb Conley, you said the same thing about him automatically being entered into the second Pickle in the Tree match. So I think you just have it in for Caleb Conley is what, what's going on here. No, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. We don't know how the Carnies got this title shot, but they're not going to waste it. Uh, but back... I think there's something afoot. Ah, there you go. And uh, There's something afoot or a palm, because you said something about greasy palms, which usually that follows like Gymnasty Boys, because, again, uh, so, <laughs> uh, yes, the Gymnasty Boys uh, put in a lot of work, a lot of effort to get those belts. They just got those belts at the Last Fest Wrestling Show. They're not going to give them up. Championships. Oh, oh, championships. Are you, are you pulling a Vince McMahon? I can't call them belts. Yeah, I was about to say, this is no VKM property. We can call them belts. You know why? Because you wear them around your waist. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Take that, VKM. So, Gymnasty Boys retaining the belts here? Most definitely. Most definitely. I think so, yeah. 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 If, if they can't beat the Carnies fair and square in the ring, I'm sure they'll use uh, deceptive tactics to get the job done. Regardless, needless Tables. to say. Tables, I'm sure. Oh, no, no, you mean doors. Doors. Yes, well, you know what I mean. Okay, okay, of course. The same thing. Uh, <laughs> the regular Jim Morrison's down at Fest Wrestling with all the doors that are around. Right. Uh, so, a lot of tag action, of course. We joked about it, but all these matches are going to be phenomenal. We do have a singles match. A very, very cool match coming up. Brody King taking on Simon Grimm, formerly Simon Gutch. Should be good. I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. I, I've not gotten to see. Well, I've seen uh, one of Simon's matches since he's been on the independents. 
and he's he's a weird guy. I, I like him. I get along with him. I know like some people like, oh, he's difficult to get along. I've always gotten along with him. Uh, he definitely marches to the beat of his own drum, and I think that shows uh, in his style in the ring and, and, and some of the things that, that he does. Um, there's certain stuff that he doesn't do that you know he, he was doing when he was a member of the Vaude Villains. Um, but he is a he is a unique, unique talent. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see him. I mean, like, can you? It's hard for me to kind of to kind of draw like what might be maybe just a, a more off the wall match that I really want to see right now than 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 this one. I mean, who? Can you think of two other guys who otherwise you, you might be like, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, that could be that could be a really interesting match. Right. Well, this match only exists because obviously uh, Simon Grimm, more or less. Recently uh, released by WWE, which is great because he can actually show his stuff on the indies. And the indies have never been hotter, so you actually get a chance to see this happen. Uh, I don't know a lot about Brody King, I'll be honest with you. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do. Brody, Brody is a, he's six foot, I don't know, four or five or something. Big, scary looking dude. Uh, resembles a little bit Bruiser Brody, a little bit. Uh, but he's a big tattooed metalhead. He's a, he's the singer of a band called God's Hate. Um, so he so he does that. Big dude uh, wrestles like a big man, but is able to pull off cruiserweight style moves. Uh, and maybe that's an exaggeration to say cruiserweight style moves. But um, well, the cruiserweights do arm bars and uh, uh, I'm ta- I'm I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm ta- smart ass. I'm talking about stuff in the corner. I'm sure that I'm sure there's a name for it when you you uh, you hop to the second ropes, hop to the top rope, and then the moonsault. High flying, you know, high risk maneuvers, uh, not typical well, of a large man. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. That you know the move in particular, where where, where, you, where you're up, and then you kind of twist, and you hop up, and then you do the cross body from the top. I'm sure there's a, there's a name for that that sequence, but. Um, he pulls, and my point is, he pulls off stuff. A guy that's six five or whatever he is, he pulls that stuff off with the agility and with the lightness of a guy who's like five eight. Um, but then he can just just as quickly turn around and, and take your head off with a lariat. So he's a really really interesting type of a type of a brawler. Uh, he's got a little bit of a technical background. The reason I'm interested in seeing this is is because a guy like like Grim. Um, is so creative with some of the stuff that he does. Uh, I'm interested to see how Brody King matches up with that. That's what I'm interested to see. What kind of weird stuff uh, Grimm is is going to pull out to try to, um, I don't want to say to school Brody King, but I mean, you know, Brody's only been wrestling like I think two years. So it's going to be interesting to see how, we, how he's able to keep up and if he can do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, this will be the first time I've seen Brody King wrestle in person. Uh, I, I've seen you call his matches in Wrestle Circus, Rich, and uh, I've seen him here and there. Uh, I'd be. Do you know how old Brody King is? Uh, and the only reason I say that is because when you see somebody that size pulling moves off like that, that requires a very serious mind over matter. And typically you find that in much younger people because – as we age, we begin to lose confidence in what we perceive to be the, be the impossible. And I feel, Go like, on. Brody King, I feel like Brody King uh, has displayed 
a confidence in that nothing is impossible, that these types of uh, aerial maneuvers are quite possible. You know, uh, like uh, Theodore Herzl said, if you will it, it is no dream. (laughs) I'm sorry, who? Theodore Herzl. Oh, oh yes, Mr. Herzl. Um, I don't know how old I don't know how old he is. I, I'm I'm gonna guess he's 24, maybe. I, 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 I don't well, see, know. that that's perfect. I mean, I'm not saying that I was any type of Brody King when I was 24, but in my mind, in my mind, I could have been. Okay. Because I remember I remember the things that I felt I was capable of at 24 that I definitely no longer feel physically mentally or emotionally or even spiritually capable of well looking forward to see brody king uh jump or jump off the top rope middle rope with the greatest of ease uh swan like uh, gracefully as uh, rich said because uh, some big guys jump off second and third rope uh it's it's more like reckless abandon uh where they just want to basically fall like a bag of cement on their opponents uh, also points for the uh big lebowski reference there uh darren and uh <laughs> And uh, so, Brody King versus... You think Simon Grimm's just got the, the know-how. He's, he's, he's more of the veteran in this situation. You're going with Grimm, aren't you, Rich? Yes, I am. I actually am going with Grimm in this matchup. Okay. I'm going to go with Grimm as well, but that's because, again, the less I know about Brody King, uh, he, he could surprise me with this. So I'm looking forward to seeing the match in general. I'm going to go with Simon Grimm as well. I think he just ha- he, he, def- he definitely has the veteran edge here. Ah, we shall see what happens. Uh, Next match here, this is uh, something kind of typical of Fest Wrestling. Uh, There seems to be quite a few of these scramble matches. Uh, This one, though, uh, aptly named, it is a hardcore scramble at the Hardcore Hunt, which is Easter-themed, of course. Uh, The Hardcore Hunt match itself. Now, this is very interesting. Uh, Here's what's going on. So eight giant eggs are filled with mystery items. And the eight eggs are actually going to be hidden throughout the venue while the actual participants will be blindfolded so they cannot see where the eggs are placed. So, <laughs> so this should be very, very interesting. That, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And I want to know what the mystery items are. Oh, man. If it's anything like oh, the fans oh, bring oh, the party. On, here's, here's an even bigger question. How big are these eggs? <laughs> One is grand piano size, so it may in fact have a grand piano inside. Could could they could there be? I don't even know what we call them, but I mean, could this be like the second coming, not the gobbledygooker, but like the? Uh, <laughs> I, don't know what it, I don't know what it would be. The uh, oh, I know what it would be. If there if there is if there is a man sized egg, I know exactly who's inside. His name is Jason Cade. <laughs> the man who quit Fest Wrestling and has made quite a nasty scene since he quit Fest Wrestling. Jason Cade will not stay away. Jason Cade is inside one of these damn eggs. Wow, you've had it out for Jason Cade uh, for quite a few of these uh, reviews and previews. Hey. I, 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 feel like, I feel like Jason Cade is your Caleb Conley, Darren. Uh, again, if me, Jason, Perry Smith. Jason, I have I have no beef Jason, with anyone, but if, these two guys. If, if Jason Cage shows up in a giant egg, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. <laughs> Smokini will quit wrestling if Jason Cage shows up. Rich, in an egg. Uh, uh, I'm gonna uh, retire this Saturday if he shows up. If he pops out of an egg. Oh man. <laughs> uh, 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 
I would I would say don't don't gamble with your career that way. Uh, don't set yourself up for the in that for that type of situation. I um I once did that in attendance at a uh, Thursday Thunder. At a Thursday Thunder uh, when I was a teenager, I, I made the proclamation to uh, to Perry here as well as some other friends. I said, you know, if Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out tonight, I'm leaving. As I, no sooner did the words come out of my mouth than and of course I got stared down till I felt I was actually going to have to walk out of the Tallahassee Leon County Civic Center. So, uh, you know, I mean, all I'm going to say is <laughs> if Jason Cade pops out of an egg, I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to stare you down until you retire. Fair enough. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the actual combatants in this match. Uh, someone we mentioned earlier on, he's part of Awaken. He's one-third of Awaken. He's Vandal. Vandal's in this match. Also, Jamie Senegal making a return to the Fest Wrestling Facilities, a.k.a. 8 Seconds. Uh, Veda Scott, speaking of comebacks, Veda Scott has been absent. Uh, however, speaking of Jason Cade. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, well, she was sort of around uh, the last time Fest Wrestling was in uh, St. Augustine. Actually, Leva Bates uh, cosplaying as Veda Scott. Uh, also, someone coming back, Angel Rose. Fingers crossed. Angel Rose officially makes a comeback here. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Kira Hogan, I believe, making her Fest Wrestling debut, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, too, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd, he's going to be there as well. CJ O'Doyle. And the former Fest Wrestling champion, Sue Young, the mighty Sue Young, will be in attendance. And it's weird seeing Sue in a non-singles match at this point. We've seen her in so many great one-on-one matchups. Yeah, it's um, it's it's going to be strange to see her without the title as well, huh? Yeah, yeah, she's gonna, yeah. <laughs> That's this actually is, a very good point. Entirely, this is an entirely different capacity. This type of match, not having the belt. Um, her just being in the mix, and you know, it's not even a, necessarily a direct path uh, back toward that championship. I'm sure she will have her day in the sun, her return match, but nothing like that at all here on this night. And uh, I want to know how long do they stay blindfolded? Like, you stay blindfolded until you find an egg? No, I, I think I think the eggs are hidden while they are blindfolded. My question is, how do the fans not immediately go, it's right here. <laughs> Look at the egg right there. Who's egg? Who's egg? <laughs> this one's got Jason Cade in it. Jason Cade? I shook it. Jason Cade is inside. Um, I, That's way above my pay grade, fellas. <laughs> I'm, just here, I'm, I'm just here to call the action. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, Rich, you're going to be ringside for this, of course. Do not... Scouts honor, you will not give away the location of any of the hidden eggs. Don't show any favoritism. Caleb Conley's not involved. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Perry, Perry. Max Gregg is also going to be ringside. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course, Max Gregg. He can never say that I don't put him over. (laughs) (laughs) We need to have Max on the show for sure, though. Uh, Just, if anything, just to chew Darren out on on our... program um so a lot of people involved a lot of personalities i mean i feel like fortune favors the brave and by brave i mean the the brave soul who cracks open a giant egg and finds a chainsaw inside or something i mean it might come down to the contents of these eggs right 
I would imagine, yeah. I mean, uh, that that's the uh, the million dollar question. What the hell's in the eggs? Exactly. Right? Only one way to find out, folks. This Saturday at eight seconds in Gainesville, Florida. Tickets on sale online. Um, I mean, I, I I look at these names, and these are all very talented individuals. I, I like I like all these people, but I mean, I have to go with someone who's a friend of the show, <laughs> and has also proven herself time and time again. I gotta go with Sue. Gotta go with Sue Young. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Sue as well. Um, she's motivated, I would imagine, and she's gonna be angry and. God only knows if she gets like uh, you know she when 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 she's pissed off you know after losing the title you can only imagine what she's gonna be like so she scares me uh, but I wonder if that's gonna if that's gonna consume her uh, I guess it's a no disqualification matchup so that probably is in her favor as well uh, but man you know it's so, so tough to pick anybody in a match like this because first of all I, it's I I mean I'm it has to be a first of its kind match right right I don't think a match has ever gone sure. right sure. so how so how so how do you scout it how do you look at it objectively and say i'm, oh, I'm gonna scout it what kind of advice do you get hey i'm gonna be in this match where i'm gonna be by blindfolded and i have to go crack open a bunch of giant eggs to find weapons or what have you right so um yeah i i i, I really think it is is just up for grabs i don't i can't pick anybody i think it's up for grabs and it's just gonna be almost luck of the draw very safe answer, Rich. But you're right. It's not like they can look back at the history books at past hardcore hunt scramble matches and go, well, the last time so-and-so fought this. All right, so uh, Darren and I going for Sue Young. Again, hashtag friend of the show, Sue Young. Rich says it, it's a coin toss, and again, it, it will come down to the contents of uh, the hardcore hunt match uh, eggs. Uh, if, if Veda Scott, though, if she gets the Jason Cade egg, then, hey, you got pop culture to worry about. Oh, man, if, if that doesn't happen. Oh, that's got to happen, right? <laughs> Tell me that's what happens. Um, uh, we shall see. Just ruin everything for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Well, that takes us to our main event. Main event. Effie, the newly crowned champion of Fest Wrestling, He's taking on Leva Bates, old Blue Pants, they call her. Uh, she's been called a lot of things, and uh, Blue Pants is one of them. Effie taking advantage of the rhyme scheme that is hashtag no chance Blue Pants, and that has echoed across social media. And uh, if you're a fan of Effie, I think you got to come to this uh, show and say no chance Blue Pants. Well, I think Leva Bates dubbed this Blue Pants versus Pink Jacket, uh, which is not a cake song, by the way. I checked. Uh, <laughs> Darren got that. Uh, so. <laughs> no, that does sound like it would be like a cake song or maybe a Ben Fold song or something. There you go. All right. Rich is with us. Good, good. Um, I mean, Effie just won that belt from Sue. I mean, they, they went to hell with each other. Um, and Effie's going to wear that belt into the ring proudly. And he wants to leave with it. He wants to maintain that championship, that title, that belt, whatever you chuckleheads want to call it. Uh, Leva Bates, though, I mean, the cosplay queen, uh, depending on who she wants to embody or impersonate, she might kind of enter that mindset. So that that's also kind of a wild card as well. I think we might see some cosplay from Leva. What do you guys think? That's almost a given. Yeah, I guess that's true. If that's the case, we're, we're talking about 
uh, even more. That This is even more unknown than the hardcore hunt because she could be anybody. I mean, it's one thing to not know what your uh, what your weapons might be or what your direction might be, but to not really even know who your opponent is. I mean, that that's a tall order for Effie. Well, I, I wonder, you wonder, though, if, if we saw Leva compete as Leva recently. And she showed, you know, I, I think I think part of Leva Bates wants to show people that she can actually wrestle as Leva Bates and not just as haha funny comedy cosplay gimmick. Um, so I, that, that's I guess that's a question I have going into going into the matchup. Which side of Leva Bates do we see? Do we see a more serious side? Of, even if she does come out as whoever, um, you know, does she come out as Adam Rose's bunny or something? I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know. I don't know why you would want to cosplay that. But, um, <laughs> but, but, Take that, Adam Rose. I, I like Adam Rose, too. I know. So, I know. But the point, the point is, does she come out into that matchup in a serious mindset? Like, she's actually wrestling for a championship? Or is she coming out as, you know, whoever? So that, you know, I suppose that once we get the answer to that question, we get a better idea what the match looks like. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Leva cut a pretty uh, scathing promo. Uh, Some would say Effie-style promo on YouTube uh, recently, which was actually excellent. Um, It was very, very well done, and it, it made me realize how serious she is about this match. Uh, so Effie might uh, be in some trouble. I, I, it's hard to kind of pick one. Uh, but again, friend of the show, Effie, and and and, and Darren's number one pick for wrestler, uh, you know, top ten of the year, and he was in mine as well. So we got to go with Effie. Definitely picking an Effie. Uh, I, I I won't say no. He's uh, he's got my money as well. Money well spent. <laughs> We shall oh, yes. see. He'd, he'd tell you that, too, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Effie, uh, no shortage of uh, good things to say about himself. Uh, that, that's for sure. But, I mean, he can back it up, though. Weapon Assassin's Destruction, Golden Boy Grabass, Fest Wrestling Champion is now one of the things you can call him. And the tele, I'm going to call him, he's the Tallahassee Tease. There you go. <laughs> nice, nice. That is the card for the Hardcore Hunt. And we have talked about all the matches. Uh, Will there be more surprises? Who will be in attendance? Will Jason Cade be in attendance? Will he be inside of a giant egg? I don't know what uh, else could possibly be here at the Hardcore Hunt. Surprises. Surprises for all. As I like to say on the show, we play fast and loose with the rules, so you never know. That's too true. That's too true. I cannot wait to hear you call these matches, uh, Rich and, and Max. I am really looking forward to this card. I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. I'm looking forward to seeing it played back with uh, with the pipes, the pipes going of Rich and Max, and the, the all the full presentation. I'm excited to see uh, what ha- I'm excited to see what might have might happen earlier that day, which we get in a in a nice uh, produced package. Uh, Fest Wrestling has really come up with some excellent. Uh, pre-show promos over the past few uh, shows, and those are a blast. You get to see an extra side of these wrestlers, which uh, you don't always get to see on the indie scene. You get to see the, those vignettes. You get to see that extra little bit of simply them inside the squared circle, and that's cool. And and as Perry and I have talked about before, you get to see Tony Weinbender go from promoter 
uh, to character, and that's yes. a lot of fun as well. well it it actually is. I've 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 enjoyed those. I've enjoyed those a lot. I, I would I dare say that Tony is always a character because he is quite oh, yeah. he, he is quite a character himself. Tony Weinbitter is also a fan. I mean, he he watches every show from the audience. And uh, he loves getting feedback, and the feedback is ninety nine point nine 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 percent positive. So, and you know what else he is? He's a friend of the show. He's a hashtag friend of the show. That's right. So he'll win any match that he's booked in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or at least we well, hope Rich, he does. Thank you very much for joining us here on the whole Reffin Show to talk about Fest. It is a blast as always. Uh, we are honored. Pleased, excited to have you here. So thank you for joining us. Uh, pleasure as always, gentlemen. It's always a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Rich. Before we let you go, though, uh, plug your social media. Everything but your non-existent Instagram account, of course. Uh, Rich Bocchini on Twitter. R-I-C-H-B-O-C-C-H-I-N-I. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's the only social profile I have. But uh, between that, between uh, the stuff with Fest... Wrestle Circus, uh, MLW, which just announced a, uh, a worldwide TV deal with with BN Sports, so that's that's ramping up. Uh, Congratulations! So yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on. Of course, you know the the the, the other podcast that uh, that that I get into with um, with MLW, with JJ Dillon, the weekly show as well. So lots of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, I suppose it's good to be busy, right? Oh, it's great to be busy. I've been told. Okay, I'll- <laughs> Hey, better than the alternative. Better than the That's alternative. It. That's it. Well, Rich, all I can say is thanks again and have a great show. Gentlemen, thank you very much and pleasure as always. And once again, we got to thank our good friend Rich Bocchini for taking the time, stopping by, and uh, talking fest with us. Always a pleasure. And 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 tickling our funny bones. Our funny bones were tickled, and I I have checked my carbon monoxide detectors, and uh, they are <laughs> they are working properly. So, well, uh, I'm tickled pink. Oh well, interesting, very interesting. Uh, speaking of Rich Bocchini, someone else who's going to be involved in the festivities, the festivities. That joke's been made a thousand times. Uh, <laughs> she's actually going for the gold, as they say. She's going for that fest. World Championship title. She's got to go through Effie first to get it. Leva Bates is the guest on our show today. And we got plenty to talk to her about. Not only Fest Wrestling, of course, but her illustrious career in the squared circle. And uh, let's just get to it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined on our show today. Darren and myself joined by a a, a character who is uh, many characters, really. She is known as the queen of cosplay on the indies. She is known as the beloved Blue Pants from NXT. Uh, you might know her as Leva Bates. And on this Saturday, she is coming for Effie's Fest Wrestling World Championship title. Leva Bates, welcome to the whole and show. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for being here. We're stoked to have you on the show. Yay! Thank you for working with me. I know it's kind of unorthodox how we've done this this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 orthodox. As long as you're on the show, that's all that all that matters. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, great having you on the show, and uh, we want to talk to you all about. Uh, well, I guess your your history in wrestling, a brief history of Leva Bates in wrestling, and we definitely got to talk about Fest Wrestling. 
because um, we're really excited about your match with Effie on Saturday in Gainesville, Florida. But uh, before we get all the way there, let's turn back the pages and go all the way back to the beginning. Leva, when did you first become a fan of wrestling? Hmm, I guess probably, I don't even remember the age. I've always watched wrestling as long as I can remember. So, like early, early childhood, pretty much. I don't, I don't, there wasn't like, oh, I was, you know, six, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It was, I've always watched wrestling as far as I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up with it. Uh, I even went to like, some indie shows back in the day, like even, okay, it was in Kentucky, and we would walk, again, this is back in the day where crime wasn't as bad, I guess, and like, they would let us give us a few bucks, and we would walk to, like, the little armory that was right across the street from us, and go and see wrestling, so it was pretty cool. I remember going to see Hogan live, uh, wow, actual WWF, like, live shows, so that was pretty cool had the figures, the big rubber ones, and then the smaller ones added some action to it. So uh, one of my best friends growing up, he lived right next to my grandmother. Uh, I was a boy about a year or two younger than me. We would watch wrestling together and then, like, play with the toys and stuff. And it's kind of just, I was always kind of a bit tomboyish. So I, I was big into wrestling for a really long time. Puberty hit. For about a year, I was like, I can't watch wrestling. That, you know, puberty <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> And then that was around the time of uh, when I got back into it was Monday Night Wars. Oh, yeah. Between WCW and WWE or F. I don't know what it was at the time. Raw versus Nitro. And that got me back into it. Especially it was like a crazy lucha match. I remember I was over at a friend's house. He was watching wrestling. When you're watching wrestling like yeah and like it was like i remember ray mysterio came out i think it was like the parka like psychosis i remember there's a lot of people that came out with crazy masks and they flew around all over the place and like especially being from like nowhere kentucky i've never seen anything like that in my life and i was like what am i watching this is amazing <laughs> so i ended up uh getting it back in the wrestling hardcore then and then like you had like rock stone cold like all that crazy stuff is going on and it just DX and Val Venus, you know, about to get his thing cut off. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the choppy uh, choppy, I believe, is what uh, <laughs> they said. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. That just kind of got me right back in, and then ever since I've been into it. And then I discovered, like, independent wrestling in college. Uh, I went to, like, an IWA Mid-South. I went to a couple of local shows. Like, I rediscovered independent wrestling. Uh, local shows are nearish our, our college town, uh, and just kind of got right back into it. And then Ring of Honor kind of came about. That really sparked my my love of things, and especially like because that was the height of like CM Punk, and then like Smojo was there, and like you know that whole era. And right. Yeah, I just got back into it. I remember at an IWA Missed Out show, uh, Daisy Hayes came out, and that was the first time I was like, hey. She's literally my size, maybe even smaller than me. If she can wrestle, I could probably wrestle. But I didn't really think anything of it. I was going uh, to school to be an actor with a radio TV uh, secondary uh, degree, doing production and stuff for that. And I was like, ah, you know, I didn't think anything of it. But then eventually when I, like, 
different paths, different choices, different gigs, acting gigs, took me to Orlando, Florida, where I was working at Universal Studios, and TNA was filming on a regular there, like, every two weeks, I think. And I would go, because I could get in for free, you know, because I'm already there, pre-wrestling, and I just started meeting people there, and they're like, well, if you love wrestling so much, and you do stunts, you act, you dance, why don't you wrestle? And I'm like, oh, why don't I wrestle? <laughs> I have a degree in acting, and I have a degree in radio and TV production, but there was no degree in wrestling, so I don't know how that one does that. They're like, oh, well, there's specialty schools. So I went with a friend and signed up, and next thing you know, like, a million years later, here I am. Nice. That's a pretty cool, like, uh, ringside to in-ring uh, transition story. The thing is, I, uh, it's kind of cool because I, I did a Diva Diary video and I talked about the IWA Mid-South where Daisy Hayes came out. They found it. They found that show and they found me in the audience. Oh, and, like, wow. I, was, yeah, I don't even look like me. I had like, blonde hair. I was completely... I look completely different. And they actually found that. I'm like, how did you have time? <laughs> know how to find me yeah, but I mean they were asking me questions like well who well, who else was on the show and like I remember Jimmy Jacobs was there because he was like hus 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 and I remember uh who is the guy that comes out to weed us and it was like the longest entrance ever it's a lot of people now <laughs> yeah but it was, it was teenage dirtbag it was like a uh, nasty Neil was that his name maybe and I remember, like, that just really stuck out to me because he stood on top of a vending machine. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, how did you get up there? That's amazing. <laughs> but, like, ended up, I guess because of the clues I gave him, they were able to find the show and found that clip. Blew my mind. I look so weird. Oh, well, and then in this technological day and age, you can basically find the tape of anything, thanks to the miracles yeah. of YouTube and such. A lot of people found me in the audience at Impact, too, or it was TNA at the time. So they're like, oh, hey, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Yep, me. that's me. <laughs> invasion, invasion angle. Exactly. <laughs> was, you were just working a really long angle is what that was. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, that you work uh, at uh, Universal Studios Orlando. Um, we, we have something in common because for six long years, I worked at Universal Studios Hollywood as a uh, Universal Studio tour guide, giving tours to the TV and movie studios to strangers. Uh, so we both worked at Universal Studios. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, Leva, you mentioned uh, Rey Mysterio, and that, that really struck, uh, that really got my attention because I thought back to... You know, I went through my own couple of years uh, around puberty where, oh, no, put away my Ninja Turtles, put away my wrestling, put away my Spider-Man. And then all of a sudden, Scott Hall comes out on Nitro and everything changes and nobody can look away. And then I see Rey Mysterio. It was exactly that. When I saw Rey Mysterio, Scott Hall brought me over, brought me back to wrestling and then I see Mysterio flying around, and I thought, I've never seen anything like that before. So I can totally relate to that idea of seeing Mysterio and Psychosis on American wrestling and being blown away. Yeah, I was like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that second hour belonged to the, the cruiserweights on uh, Nitro, for sure. It was great. 
Yeah. And then also I got sucked in by Jericho and like the rule book. Oh yes. And, <laughs> and the 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 ponytail on top of his head. Oh fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good good old Lionheart Chris Jericho. Oh man, the good oh, yeah. old days. <laughs> that's that's my that's my Chris Jericho. Oh. For sure, for sure. The good times. Especially with his, especially with his original WCW entrance music. Which they recycled over and over again for like a bunch of nobody. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You're not Chris Jericho. <laughs> It'll always be his. <laughs> so you decide, Leva, that you would like to become a wrestler now. You say, you know, I've got the chops for it, more or less, with the acting and stunt work, uh, all that good stuff. Is that what brought you to Team 3D Academy? Yeah, actually, uh, I went to another school first. It was called FXE. And it had, uh, it was written by AJ Gallant, but also had Matt Bentley and Devon Dudley as uh, guest trainers. Like, well, pseudo-regular trainers. And it was like, I don't know, I think some sort of financial issues with the school. And Devon decided to open his own school with Bubba. They had a very distinct vision of what they wanted to do. So when that school was closing anyway, I was like, well, I'm going to follow Devon because he's literally done it all. Like he's done ECW, like WWE, like even Japan, all of that. Like they've been everywhere, done everything. That's the person you kind of want to learn from. Like someone who's been there, done that, as opposed to like, yeah. Absolutely. I kind of did something. (laughs) So I followed him and then I've been at the Team 3D Academy ever since. Nice. We've actually had several wrestlers on our show, uh, friends of the show, if you will, uh, who all trained at Team 3D Academy. Uh, Serpentico, Teddy Stigma, uh, to name a few, or a couple, I should uh, say. I love Teddy. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy's great. He's been on the show several times. We always like having him. We wish him a speedy recovery. Yes. Yes. So some of my some of my earlier favorite matches, I think, or training sessions have been with him. He was ridiculous when he did the the Teddy Stigma character with the, the corset. Oh, yeah. Do <laughs> you remember that? We, we actually got oh, yeah, that story absolutely. from Teddy. That was Bubba Ray uh, Dudley's uh, idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Teddy's definitely went through a lot of different changes since then, but uh, they're all awesome to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good at what he does. I think our favorite Teddy Stigma is the one We'll spend 45 minutes on our show talking about The Simpsons. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. When we say we know him, we know him. <laughs> so you've trained 3D. You're ready to go. You decide you want to go ahead and get out there and start wrestling. Tell us about like the early days of wrestling. Was it all that you hoped it would be? Were you surprised by a lot of it? or? Um, I mean... Anything you do, you have to start from the ground up. So I don't know if I was surprised by it at all. I, I just think it's more of a, I knew I had uh, a lot of ground to pound, if that makes any sense. It's like, all right, pay my dues, start here, start there. Like, I feel like nowadays, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a little old fogey. Nowadays, I think it's easier for younger talent, younger students uh, to get more of a name and get in the spotlight a lot quicker than it was probably like when I came about, mm-hmm. especially generations before me, because the internet is so prevalent now. Everyone can go on social media and be like, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so. You get a right 
retweet and get the right person to follow you, boom, you move a lot quicker at a faster pace than like someone like for me, my name probably didn't get out there until about like three or four years just because I had a lot of pavement to pound and it wasn't, again, you know, you were working MySpace and Facebook. There wasn't like Twitter wasn't really prevalent then. So like MySpace, you know what I mean? I know MySpace, right? (laughs) So again, that's showing my age a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it took me a while to even just break in the shimmer, you know? And I, I got really blessed and lucky to get, get into FIP. And because of that, I think also because of training at the Team 3 Academy, I got to do the the first couple of spots with TNA, too. You know what I mean? Like the the Kong Challenge and stuff. That was still really early in my career. Mm-hmm. So. So I had a lot of lucky bricks, but it's, again, I felt like I had to, there's a lot of, like, ground I pounded before I even got there. Like, shows that no one's ever heard of, probably video doesn't exist, you know what I mean? Just because, again, technology is less digital, less eye, per- there was definitely no eye reviews until about a few years into to where I was. So VOD, maybe, I don't know, existed. It's still doing DVDs, if they were doing that, or YouTube, you know what I mean? So... Nowadays, I feel like it's a little bit of a faster track, but I also, I'm totally getting off topic, but I also feel like it's harder on on the younger talent now because they have to learn in front of a wider audience, a bigger audience, and people are like, oh, well, she's terrible. Well, she's only been wrestling a year. Right. She's great. You know, she's not going to be doing Mercedes Martinez-style matches because the poor girl is not a child. She is learning, literally learning before your eyes. Technically, even a vet like Mercedes Martinez, we all are still learning right in front of your eyes. So, so the scrutiny is a little like, ah, you got to give a lot of people a break, you know? Yeah, that the scrutiny is is super intense now that that spotlight is so uh, heavy on the indies these days, and the spotlight is there, and the access is there. I mean. The audiences, yeah. the audiences are there, and then because of technology, the video is ubiquitous. Everywhere you turn, you can see any small-time show up to the biggest shows instantly everywhere. From from ten exactly. different points of view, like you can get a, <laughs> exactly. a fucking three sixty of your match. You know, if you go find the right people who recorded it. Exactly. So it's just technology has completely changed the game of wrestling completely. Interesting, because it helps and it hurts at the same time. Uh, maybe someone yes. who, who gets the, the the attention and the notice too early, where they're not ready for it. But I, I guess that's oh, kind yeah. of that's kind of the business anyway, yeah. right? So I mean, I'm not calling anyone out, but I've seen a lot of people who aren't there yet get a lot of hype, get a lot of push, get a bigger head. And then I've also seen people who work their asses off, maybe have one blunder. You know what I mean? Like I've seen it. It's it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes they finally get someone that's been busting her ass. Finally, that recognition, that light, they so justly deserve. But then also it gets, like, the terrible people who kind of butt in half-assed work and give some fake hype. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's right. definitely good and bad. Definitely. It's just, it's just change. It's not, I don't know if it's like, oh, this is terrible. This is wonderful. It's just change. And we all have to adapt. Sure, the tr- I think the change is, is fairly significant, and then the bad comes with the good, like you said. It's not yeah. it's not s- strictly one thing, but it is a very real change. I mean, even from 
uh, not being on the inside, inside of the business, and you can just see it uh, just compared to even a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, it's crazy to watch to watch the the, the technology, the access. The, the access is the number one thing, I think, as far as the fans go, to be able to see anything they want to all the time. And, you know, iPay-Per-Views and you, YouTube, the amount of full indie wrestling shows on YouTube. You know, and then you talk about the WWE Network, and then you've got everything else under the sun. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed how the game runs you know what i mean like definitely right again i'm not saying it's all good i'm not saying it's all bad it's just completely different than it was like even 10 years ago you know right it's definitely something for people to be made aware of so you've wrestled all over the place after a while tna full impact pro shimmer shine and even nxt uh, of course a lot of our a lot of our listeners know you uh, best maybe as blue pants from nxt and uh, the first time I ever saw you was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Um, I think, like, I'd taken a year or two off from wrestling at the time. And Darren, who actually was at that event, said, like, um, you, need to, you yeah. need to watch this. And I was like, okay. And I didn't know who anyone was, and I loved the show. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. And I actually found myself in Brooklyn for that show. And uh, I must say that you came onto my wrestling radar as Blue Pants. So I knew exactly who you were when you came out at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn. And I was there for that Blue Pants pop in Brooklyn. And holy shit. Yay, that makes me happy. Not, I didn't have the best seats in the world, so what I got was to see... Uh, however many people that was in Brooklyn, 16, 17,000 at Barclays Center. Um, yeah, it was something crazy. Yeah, erupt, erupt for, to see Blue Pants join the Vaude Villains yeah. uh, in the rain. Yeah, I was like, I don't know who Blue Pants is, but man, is she over. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to talk Yay. about your NXT experience a bit? Yeah. Anything, anything come to mind, like right off the bat, or...? I mean, it's an awesome experience. I, I'm very thankful I got it. Cause honestly, I believe that it helped me overall, not just to say, hey, I've done and I am a character in the, the universe of WWE, but I think it also got a lot of eyes on me. And even now that I'm no longer, like, really used pretty much anymore, um, I feel like people know who I am. You know, it definitely has eyes on me, and now like, I have a fan that carried on with me through everywhere else. You know what I mean? So I definitely feel like it opened so many doors. It was such a great learning experience. It was such a dream come true, to be honest. I've always wanted to, to be on a stage like that, and I got to, you know, just from being pretty much me turned up to 11. <laughs> you know, that's, I kind of look at Blue Pants as like the every fan. Uh, the every person we all are blue pants and I think that's why people relate to her because she was just happy to be there she got to be picked and she got to do things that only everyone else dreams about you know just even though it may not be title reigns or whatever you know you got to be she is like who wouldn't love just to be like hey I got to be in a ring for a few minutes in WWE you know what I mean and that's how she viewed things you know she was the the every person, the every man. And I think that's how she was so relatable. 
she's also just very tongue-in-cheek didn't take everything too seriously so i think that's why the blue pants thing got over because when the blue pants chant happened and people were like oh come out here with the blue pants or blue pants you know <laughs> i could have played it where i was like oh how dare you but instead i played it yeah i love my blue pants blue pants is awesome and i think people gravitated to that positive energy and the fact that i was able to laugh at myself you know what i mean well, I'm glad that you can look back on that and, and learn from it, and it was a positive experience for you. Oh, absolutely. Be I would never, like, look down at it, ever. I know a lot of people are like, ah, you, sh you know, you're a serious wrestler. How dare they call you blue pants? But I'm like, dude, it got me brought back. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> and I got to come back in, and you know what I mean? It was, it was a really fun little experiment that I think we all did. So it was like, holy yeah. crap. You got a blue yeah, pants chant. You know what I mean? Like that's literally what Triple H said. I came back. He was like, "You got a blue pants chant." I can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> and he like starts laughing and just shakes his head and walks away. And next thing you know, the next time they they recorded, they brought me back just to see if what happened. And when they brought Carmella back out before I even was out there, they already were chanting blue pants. You know what I mean? Like it worked. And they just kept playing with it to see how the audience would react and how they took took to it. It was a cool little story of where like they kept coming in, kept coming in. I finally got my victory over on Carmella. The place lost its mind, and then it just kept bringing me back. Like, well, they love you. Let's see what happens, you know. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely think that kind of changed. Blue Pants herself, not necessarily me, but the, the concept of Blue Pants definitely changed at the time how NXT was working and ran and a lot of things because that's when they started bringing in other indie talent and having them face the design talent. That was like, I, me and Joe were the first people that do that. And then they're like, well, what happens when we don't, we sign one and we do sign the other, don't sign the other. It's just, it was an interesting experiment. And I'm glad I was a part of that because I love stuff like that. I love seeing how people react. I love to see like, hmm, does this work? Does this not work? And I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, maybe that's just the science nerd in me. <laughs> Doing experiments, <laughs> see what happens. But it was such a really, really mind-blowing experience because it's like, holy crap, I've been here like 12 times now. You know what I mean? Like I have my own shirt. It's crazy. I've, I'm on all these other shows now. It's that's it was awesome. really crazy how much it took off, and that's going to be something I can carry with me for the rest of my life. How many other people can say that? Yeah, you may be a champion, like four-time women's champion, but something with blue pants, the, the concept of blue pants and the, the history and story of blue pants is something that no one else has ever had, you know what I mean? Male or female, really, so it's kind of cool. Oh, it's very cool. We're it's, in a niche. It's, it's, it's me perfectly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's cool because everyone is quick to discredit WWE whenever they do anything wrong or like, you know, why did you hire this person? Why did you fire this person? You know, and, and people can be very negative on WWE a lot of the time. But at the same time, everyone would love to be woven into the tapestry that is the WWF's history. You know what I mean? And you're in there. You're a stitch, Blue Pants. <laughs> I'm in the encyclopedia. There you go. See? Exactly. That's it. You did it. You won! <laughs> we're, we're part of it! Yay! You know, I've also been uh, I've been a big fan of that, that NXT experiment. And you're right, you came along at that time. 
in which the indie talent was starting to go in there and it was sort of became this weird almost like contested ground like a blood sport but where it was it was one big experiment uh, and you never knew as a viewer when you turned on who the hell you might see and you were going to see that signed talent or that indie talent and you may see them under a different name but you know exactly who they are mm-hmm. and that was such an exciting, it still is to a, to a certain extent, uh, that's such an exciting uh, unknown. It provided such a, an alternative to what you would see on uh, Raw or SmackDown or Impact. Uh, NXT was just this bizarre fighting ground. Yeah, very experimental, but it was an experiment that I think worked. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. I mean, it's definitely helped me out. Honestly, in the long run. You're talking about breaking into Shimmer. You're still involved with Shimmer uh, in, in a big way, are you not? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm co-tag team champion to Delilah Doom. Nice. T4, totally tubular tag team. <laughs> champs. <laughs> of course. Oh, man. So, you guys would make a really good team. That's actually a super good tag team. <laughs> nice. We have Shimmer Weekend the week after, so that's at least four tapings. So we have at least four to five T four matches. I would say. I would say. I mean, obviously, if we win, but I might be confident and say we're gonna totally win. There you go. Now, where now? Where are those being taped? Once in Nola, because obviously, you know, Mania Weekend. Right, and right. Then... That's why. That's that's what I was thinking. It was was this all gonna happen? Uh, over Mania weekend. Yeah, and then the rest are in Berwyn, basically the home of where Shimmer, so Chicago area. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of where Shimmer takes place. It's like the Chicago area. Nice. So I mean, obviously, you leaving NXT again, you had a positive experience. You learned a lot from it, and you're still you're kicking ass on the Indies. A lot of uh, you got a lot of street cred. Um, you're now known as the Queen of Cosplay. Do you want to talk about uh, how you became the queen of cosplay? It's funny, because I was doing cosplay before Blue Pants. But again, like I said, because of Blue Pants, I think I got a lot more recognition and eyes on me. And and then I just continued to, to do it once I, I got back. So the thing is, even Blue Pants itself was an X-Men uniform that I had to hide the X. Yeah. I was about to go out. Literally, I was about to go out. And, like, someone, one of the agents looked over, like, oh, my God, is that an X-Men X? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, that's copyright. You can't go out on TV like that. And I'm like, well, it's technically not the exact X. It's a little bit different because of TV. Like, you can't go out like that. And I'm like, well, what do I do? They're like, can you just roll it in? And I'm like, yeah, I can tuck it in. And I tucked it in, and that's basically how Blue Pants was born. <laughs> one, of the, one of the, well, part of the creation, I mean, there's a lot of, I went into the creation of it, honestly, a lot of weird little moments. But yeah, that's that's a Blue Pants outfit. Everyone thought it was a Fallout uniform, but actually I made it before Fallout was actually kind of a big thing. True. Uh, well, I had it made. I, I didn't make that one. But yeah, I had it made before Fallout was a big thing. So I, I did the comic book colors with the movie, the first class movie design. Yeah. No, I, so you I got, wanted the yeah. brighter colors. 
Yeah, the, the bright colors, that blue and yellow, that X-Men training outfit uh, is, is highly recognizable. Some of my favorite old X-Men comics are seeing Gambit and Wolverine wearing that outfit as opposed to their <laughs> stuff and, like, jumping around in the, in the, in the danger room. Exactly. So, yay! I think they even made Kitty Pride references, like, the first time I was there. It was pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, so I... I, I so when I was training early, early, early training, pre-Team 3D Academy, they wanted me to do, like, a sex pot thing, like, a sexy character. And I'm like, everyone does sexy characters. I don't want to do that. That's that's not me. I don't, I'm super awkward. I'm a nerd. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, out of all the girls you can find, I'm not the sexiest one you're going to find. I'm short and squat and, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I walk funny, you know, whatever. <laughs> Low self-esteem. I, uh... I didn't want to do it. Like, I just, eh, just what, I mean, I'm an actor, so you give me a role, I'll do it. So, I mean, I did it for the classes and the promos, and we'd have promos off, and I was one of the higher promo people. I would have promos off with another guy in our class named Simon Says, who was known for talking, and we were, like, the two highly esteemed ones. But it just wasn't in my heart. I wanted something more geeky, because especially this is way before... The, the AJ Lee's and all of that, like there was no one else being super nerdy. No, I didn't want to be like I didn't want to be the typical like put your glasses on, you know, f- tape on the glasses, fall over. I mean, I thought I thought about that because not a lot of people were doing that either. Right. But I was like, ah, I want to be like a cool nerd. I want to be someone that I would want to look up to as a nerd. That you know, basically my entire college career is playing D and D. You know, like. In video games. Like, this is something I want to look up to. So I was like, all right, I'll embrace nerd culture. I'll try to blend in nerd culture with wrestling. So I would always find stupid reasons to dress up. Like, oh, hey, it's a party. It's not a dress-up party, but I think I'm still going to show up as Buffy. Why? Because I can't. <laughs> That's I Leva. That's part of, like, Hershey, like, Hershey Entertainment. Uh, all of the entertainers had a bowling league we had, I was on a team and I would force my entire team to have themes. So we'd be like, Catholic schoolgirl night, pajama night, dress up like a man night. So we'd always have different themes. I, I, I like uh, the idea of two of those nights. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would always find stupid reasons, this is way before wrestling, to dress up. So like, it was something I always enjoyed. And this is, again, before cosplay was even like such a huge thing. I mean, it blew up. It was a thing, but like, again, internet, I didn't know it was a thing. And like, for me, I always enjoyed it. So I'm like, all right, I want to bring geek culture, but how can I do that while wrestling? What if I wear something that's very inspired by culture? Like something that's like Spider-Man, you know, or like Final Fantasy or, you know what I mean? Like something that's, based on that so that's kind of how that gimmick started and i just when you first start wrestling you don't know like for me it's like i didn't know it was so free and you can do whatever the hell you want basically you create your own character so i'm like am i allowed to cosplay will the promoter let me (laughs) like this you know like you like i'm so used to being like you're an actor you're the role of stacy this is your character now learn your lines you know what i mean like it's very here's your guidelines Here's what you have to do. Whereas wrestling's so free, the characters you create are your own. You know, it's like you're a writer, improver, actor, stunt person all in one. And you have to learn how to do all of that, you know? 
Whereas, like, all right, well, this is my lines. Boom. I don't have to do my own stunts. I don't have to write this out. You know what I mean? Like, so for me, I didn't know what I was allowed to do, what I wasn't allowed to do. So, like, my first match ever, it was basically a Final Fantasy-inspired, like, shout-out. But it wasn't cosplay at all. It was, like, I came out with a Vincent plushie, and I had red and black on at goggles. I was definitely pushing the goggle thing for a while, like the whole cyber geek thing. Right. And uh, each show, I would push the limits a little bit more. The next outfit was like in Venom, which is a Venom t-shirt that was cut up with Spider-Man on a noose. Pushed it a little bit more. Okay. Next one, I think I might have been Indiana Jones, which I had the hat, a shirt tied up, and a skirt with the bag. So that was the most cosplay I'd done at that point. So I just kept pushing See, all right, well, then let me do this. Maybe I could push it a little bit more. Finally, I embraced full-blown cosplay. You know, some some promoters didn't get it. Some do. and But the, <laughs> the audience got it. And so that's kind of where, like, all right, well, they get it. So they like you. We don't know what the hell you're doing, but that's cool. They love you, so let's just go with it, you know? So that's kind of how the cosplay kind of came into effect. It's something just I wanted to embrace. And then I just kept challenging myself. Like, I don't know if you remember the show years ago called Heroes of Cosplay on Sci-Fi by the same people who made Face Off. Yeah. That inspired me. I'm like, oh, my God, I learned how to do this. And I learned how to do that because of this show. So I was like, I really started upping my cosplay game at that point. And then just kept going more and more into it to the point where now I'm like, why do I do this? This is so costly. <laughs> so time-consuming. I literally got three hours of sleep. Uh, why do I do this? Why do I dig myself into this hole? But it's also fun. Like, for me, like, Especially recently, uh, in Shine, I've been doing a lot of Overwatch cosplay just because I don't really have any specific direction of, like, well, this is a storyline. Like, it's kind of free, so it's gear. I can play the character. I cannot play the character, and depending on what we need. So i kind of been playing with that idea. It's something I personally love. I personally love Overwatch. So it's like, all right, this is something I'm doing for me. I want to be Tracer. I'm working on two other characters, too coming up so it's like these are things i personally want to do so sometimes i do cosplay personally just for me sometimes i do it because a promoter is like hey can you bring out you know it's a fourth of july show can you bring out your captain america sure oh hey your black widow is really sexy i think the audience would like that can you bring that back out sure hey have you ever done this character no but i can make it you know what i mean like sometimes it's a promoter sometimes it's based on my opponent, whether they're like, oh, well, that's be someone good to bounce off of that person. And so that's kind of how it just kind of started spiraling and became what it is. That uh, that that closet's probably losing a lot of room uh, by now because you've. Uh, oh, my God. You've I have done... no idea. I, 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 the thing is, my apartment doesn't even have a good closet space. So I have Tupperware, top of Tupperware of like these giant bins full of costumes my coat closet's full of like suitcases of costumes <laughs> half of my real closet's full of like the nicer costumes it's insane it's really insane people are like why don't you sell it because i recycle everything and then plus Smart. what if i sell this costume and then the promoter's like hey by the way can you pull out your waldo costume i'm sorry i sold it no <laughs> you never know when you have to be waldo so i keep it yeah, I'm slightly a hoarder that way. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's going to save you money in the long run. And like I said, promoters are requesting it. I mean, and you're definitely known for it. You are the queen of cosplay. 
So I mean, you got to you got to keep it up. <laughs> you can't you can't stop now. Exactly, well, and there's some costumes I I make and I don't even have to use. Like Shimmer is a good example. Like they do four tapings. A lot of times I'll pack six costumes because thing is because of the internationals coming in and sometimes they get caught at the border or travel problems or they always have to rewrite the card and a lot of times you don't know who you're wrestling or what you're doing i like to be super prepared so i always pack like six costumes so sometimes i'll only use like three so i have three i haven't even used so i can like oh i'll just save this for another show okay now it's time i can use this costume that happens a lot, actually. <laughs> it's funny. I made a Meg Griffin costume for Shimmer, ended up not using it. But then I got booked for the Orlando Nerd Fest, uh, like a month later, and I ended up pulling out the Meg Griffin costume for that because I was like, "Oh man, I want something new, but I don't want to make anything." Oh, I already have this Meg Griffin costume I never used. Sweet. Darren and I have definitely seen a lot of your cosplay uh, in action. Because uh, we frequent Fest Wrestling, where you've actually done a couple of cosplays. And I do want to talk to you a bit about Fest Wrestling, because that is coming up uh, this Saturday, March 31st. Uh, Hardcore Hunt, you will be there, but you did make your Fest Wrestling debut at the one-year anniversary bash, where you won an eight-person scramble for an extra life, or as we say, a one-up, in the, in the uh, PBR uh, Wildman Cup. Uh, which was going to be held at the next fest show, We Are Family, which involved 20 people. Um, you came out as Leva Bates. You were eliminated. And everyone's very sad because you're gone. And then towards the end of the match, what happens? We hear Inner Sandman hit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you show up on the second story <laughs> with a kendo stick and your hair slicked back and an ECW t-shirt. A, a tall, like PBR tall boys. And you're uh, spewing beer, and you're swinging a, a kendo stick. That was awesome. With a cigarette in my mouth. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. I had to embrace it fully. So. Uh, uh, I, I, I like that. No, I like the commitment. You even smashed the beer cans on your head. And I was like, no, she's going for it. And, and, the, and the whole audience is singing, you know, Inner Sandman. And it, <laughs> like, I mean, it, like, that, that, that's cool anywhere you go. Um, so, like, the audience is embracing it. Like, you, you would have thought the Sandman was there. It's was, was just as good. <laughs> it was really cool because I got to do a show with him, like, I think a month prior? Maybe a few weeks prior? I don't remember. Time blends in together. So, it's funny. It was at, we were at Black Label Pro in the Chicago-ish area. I think it's Indiana, but I flew into Chicago, so I just say Chicago. And I remember watching, because at the time, I was like, all right, I know that I know I'm doing Sandman soon, so <laughs> he's here. So I just, like, studied, like, the way he walked, the way he was backstage, the way he was out there in, in front of the audience, like, everything. Like, he probably thought I was, like, this creeper girl, because I was like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, at him. But he's really cool. He's really cool. He talks a lot. So it's, like, very interesting to hear some of his stories and mind-blowing at times. So like, oh, my God. Wrestling was so different back then. But it's really cool. He's such a cool dude. So the fact that I'm like, all right, he's actually really cool. And I get to cosplay him. Hell yeah. So, but yeah, I was definitely studying him. Like I heard the swagger, the the way, like the look in the eyes. So it was, it was cool. I definitely study like little nuances like that. Well, you pulled them, you pulled them off very well. And now at Fest, in addition to uh, seeing you as the Sandman, we we have gotten to see you just be you. Uh, you were with your uh, you were thanking us for being a friend. Uh, <laughs> in the past round. 
with your Golden Girls uh, T-shirt on. And, uh, you know, that was the first time I had gotten the opportunity to see you wrestle live. And so that was very exciting. I had spoken with Tony Weinbender of Fest Wrestling about how excited we all were to see Leva Bates. Oh, yay. Thank you. And, and recently, though, at Fest, uh, we have seen... Um, uh, I don't know. We've seen uh, some red hair and a uh, uh, plaid skirt uh, flying around. When, <laughs> what's that all about? Um, it was funny because I got a message from Tony going, so Fadis in England, and we initially were going to have pop culture come out and be part of the, the tag tournament. Would you want to be, since he knows I, I do a lot of wrestling cosplay, most of them are at through Russell Circus, but once in a while I'll pop in like like I did with the same man, something that makes sense, you know. Um, he's like, would you want to to cosplay as Veda Scott? And Jason was like, yes, do it. <laughs> I'm like, right. <laughs> I guess if she's cool with it. So yeah, I ended up uh, cosplaying as Veda the first night because it was a two two parter. And then the second time I came out, and then I was like, nah, and I threw off the wig, and I was like, I'm going to be me tonight. So it was like Leva Bates, kind of, with a little bit of Fata Scott flair, but the second night where I won the chance for the, the upcoming tag title as me. So Fest is a cool blend. I sometimes cosplay, and I also just come out as super geeky me, because I think when I won... No, I didn't win. Right before Sandman, I came out in, like, a Knight Rider shirt (laughs) 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 to go with the Golden Girls shirt, you know? So, I don't know. You never know when I'm going to bust out. But then turn around, you know, literal three-minute quick change and turn into Sandman. So, I was pretty impressed with myself that I was able to do a quick change like that and then get all the way to the other side of the building (laughs) without knowing no one to say. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the, the nights you're talking about where you uh, cosplayed as Veda Scott, uh, that was, of course, night one of uh, Love is a Battlefield 2, Electric Boogaloo. On night two, you did come out as yourself. Uh, you participated in yet another scramble match where you actually pinned uh, Jason Cade, who you were tag team partners with the previous <laughs> night. I thought that was cold as ice. Uh, but that means that what? you... No, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, okay. he had a bad attitude. Uh, and he well, turned on me first. I'm just saying. Fair I enough. I did the walk on the ropes, and he threw me off. Aww. So. Fair. Okay. No, he, he deserved it, then. In that case, I'm changing my vote. He had it coming to him. Um, but you yeah. won You won that scramble, which means now you are number one contender for this upcoming show, Hardcore Hunt. And you're taking on the Golden Boy of Grabass, a man who fought very hard to get that Fest Wrestling Championship belt. A friend of our show, he's been on the show many times, Effie. Oh my god, I love Effie. Effie's literally one of my favorites. Like, when I said that in the promo, I wasn't just making that up. Like, when I found out I'm wrestling Effie, I, like, kind of slightly lost my mind a little bit. I was like, oh my god, I'm so happy! (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to say mean things about him, Leva. I do have three championship belts right now, so having a fourth one would be pretty cool. You know, I'm, I'm gonna try to see, try to catch them all like Pokemon. So, <laughs> so I, I, I think best to go well with uh, the Atomic Championship and the Shimmer Tag belts and like the Heavy End Wrestling in Minnesota. So I, again, Pokemon, I gotta collect them all. So, but no, it's I'm not gonna lie, I was so happy that like I mean I've been what four. 
for Fest, and now I'm going after the title. Like that's that's great. A huge that's a huge honor to be to be honest, because Fest was one of those. I always wanted to work Fest before I even got a chance to to work Fest, because all the the boys and girls like who work there love it so much. It's such a cool, fun, different atmosphere than almost any other wrestling show I've ever been to. And they just kept saying that, but I wasn't there to experience whether it's just timing didn't work out because there's books somewhere else or they just, you know, it just didn't happen for whatever reason. So the fact that when I finally got to debut, it was everything that people said it was. And that was awesome. And I loved it. And they keep, you know, luckily for the most part, bringing me back. You know, there's a couple of times I was like, ah, I'm sorry, I'm already booked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get dates thrown at me. Like, honestly, I already have dates in October and November booked at the moment. Not all of them, but a few. So it's like people plan ahead. So you're like, oh, no, I hope I can do this. Well, I hope at the end of October, one of those one of those dates is for the fest. Maybe. I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything. Oh, no. Oh, no. Such a tease. Well, you've you've experienced a great amount of success at Fest in that short amount of time. Uh, Like you were saying, you've come in and everybody's glad that you're there, but uh, your opponents can't be too glad that you're there because you have just gone uh, over. You're just climbing up the Fest mountain and here you are at the top, you know, poised, poised to the new champion already well you know sorry (laughs) (laughs) she's remorseful fans you heard that you heard that in her voice um (laughs) well i mean that's great i mean we're looking forward to the match uh it's it's a good matchup i mean i think everyone's excited about it I, i i love that you kind of you kind of uh resorted to Effie's tactics in a way. You, you put out that promo video on YouTube, which is great. And it, it's, it's very Effie yeah. style. Um, I, I, I recognize the work in that. I've put videos together before. So, no, I, I really appreciate it. Um, and I know Effie appreciates it, and it makes him chomp at the bit to get you in the ring, get his hands on you. Yay! It was, it was one of those, if you're... Because one of my favorite things, one of the things that actually drew me to Effie before I even saw him live was his promos. Like, he does a really good promo, whether it's the production value of it or just by him sitting in front of a camera talking. He's amazing at promos. So my thing is I knew I had to definitely bring my promo game in for this one. And there's times, like, I feel like I actually have a really good promo game, especially if you look at, like, some of my past shine, like, the history of my promo, especially with them. But there's times where it's like, oh, I need a promo. And you're like, oh, I'm tired. All right, here, I'll sit in front of a wall. You know? But <laughs> this one, I definitely wanted uh, to bring bring it up. Definitely take it up to the level to, to kind of be, you know, I, I don't know if I can definitely compete with it, but definitely be on par with some of some of Effie's. And just to bring the sass, bring the, the attitude, bring the essence that is Effie. <laughs> into it so hey, i'm glad yeah. you guys noticed that because that's kind of where my mind was because i did that all by myself oh nice pretty oh. much yeah i wrote it filmed it edited it all of the location scouted all of that all by myself all of it so it was just it was like two weeks of work 
Yes, bravo, bravo. Yeah, I remember you, you said on Twitter, like, I'll have a video up in two weeks. And it was just like, okay. <laughs> That's a very interesting <laughs> amount of time to have a video up. Yeah, but my, then two weeks came. My yeah. is a crew of one. Me. <laughs> and I'm also a full-time, you know, I went out full-time, but I work pretty much full-time and wrestle full-time. So, And I have my own uh, Twitch channel, so I'm trying to keep up on that since I'm a partner, so... I got a lot of things going on, so... <laughs> well, let's, uh, so let's talk about the Twitch channel. Oh, okay. What, uh, what, what games you play on these days on Twitch? Oh my god, everything. Literally everything. Um, I pretty much... Well, I just got a Nintendo Switch this week. Uh, it's a very early birthday present, so I ended up getting that. Nice. Which is really awesome, uh, so I hooked that up and immediately hooked that into OBS and started streaming that. Uh, I didn't have any games bought for it, like like the ones you buy in the store. So I was like, oh, I'll just go to Nintendo's store and download some niche games that people may not expect or see, see in play. So I ended up getting three games, and the one I chose to play was Men of Yoshiwara. It is a Japanese dating sim. Basically, you had to, your mom's like, hey, you must become a woman, so go to... Yoshiwara to the red light district and find yourself a Malgacia. Do the deed. <laughs> Nintendo what? games have That's changed over the years. Uh. <laughs> so, so basically, I streamed this week. Me and my 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 chat, which hilariously made up of you know, I say a good chunk of men. There's a few women in there though. I was like, which man should I choose? So they're like telling me like their ideas and stuff. We ended up, for the most part, it was my my decision, but we ended up going with the virgin. He was an apprentice, not an actual full-blown geisha yet. That ended up making a lot of complications because he wasn't all the way ready to, to go. He had to be deflowered by a woman of experience, but I, my character, was not a woman of experience. So we had a lot of complications, but we fell madly in love. Uh, not to give anything away, but I did deflower the virgin oh, in my stream. And I did a live Spoiler alert. Game, so. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so. Hey, man. When a dating sim, if you choose the wrong thing, you don't deflower a virgin. You don't get laid. That, that, that's so. that's kind of like real life. That's kind of like real life. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> so, so that happened. But I mean, I also play stuff like Overwatch on my stream. I play Horizon. Zero Dawn, I've played a lot of the Telltale games. I have subscribers, play a long night, so we play Jackbox games together, or like uh, like Friday 13th, where you know we try to murder each other. It's fun. That's a fun one, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a lot of cool, fun games. I, I, I honestly think I probably play a different game almost every stream. Oh, wow, okay. That's good. And then sometimes I'll go back. Like, I'll play, like, maybe I'll do an Overwatch night because, like, oh, we have a brand new character that debuted. Let's play this. But then I'll go back to, like, you know, Attack on Titan or I'll go to Horizon. But then I'll be, like, the next, you know, like, three weeks later or four weeks later, like, all right, well, let's go back to Overwatch. So I do tend to do that sometimes where, like, I, I you play the same game, but not in a row usually. Usually. You mix it up. I'm sure you're, you're a fan. Yeah. You appreciate that. Plus, I just have too many games I'm trying to knock out, so... <laughs> too many fingers. Too many fingers and different, you know, quickie jars or whatever that saying is. I'll tell you that wasn't the right saying, was it? <laughs> is, is it? Is it fingers and pies? Is that correct? It's pies. Okay, pies. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that's it. Pie. Pies. There oh, you man, go. I'm hungry. <laughs> so catch Leva on Twitch, her Twitch channel. Uh, but where else might the fans find you, Leva? Plug your social media. Plug away. Pretty much like Twitch on everything I'm wrestling, Leva. So Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. You type in wrestling, Leva, you're going to find me. Album word, wrestling, L-E-V-A. I'm on YouTube. I have Leva's Random Life. I also have the Geek Soapbox, which is a podcast I do. Unfortunately, my co-host, Lee, and I, our schedules have not been matching at all. So we are about two months behind from an episode. So we apologize for that. I did get at least uh, Leva's Random Life out since then. I try to. That's why I'm doing the vlog more often. Just to supplement when I can't meet up with Lee or Lee can't meet up with me because our, our schedules are insane. So, yeah, so there's YouTube. What else? What else is there social media wise? Uh, you said That's about it for the most part. MySpace. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> Live journal. My MySpace still uh, exists, actually, because I was looking for an old picture. I couldn't remember my password, so I had to have MySpace send me the thing so I can change my password, but I was using a different email. It was an ordeal. Oh, I ended up getting it when my MySpace exists. Yeah, my, my, I don't know MySpace exists, but it does. My, MySpace <laughs> is like the, the year 2008, frozen in time. It's like you, you went back to a high school reunion, but you're the only one who went there. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very sad and like depressing. MySpace. It's in the internet graveyard with uh, LiveJournal. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I think if you were reminding me, i got to go delete my LiveJournal before I find it or someone else blackmails me with it. Um, <laughs> so, social media plugged. You can find Leva on Twitch. She wrestles all over the place, but this Saturday you can find her in Gainesville, Florida at the Hardcore Hunt. That's Fest Wrestling. She's going for that title belt. <laughs> She's eating loud candy. Uh, <laughs> we're big fans of Effie we love Effie but now you are officially hashtag a friend of the show so we'll, we'll be we'll be bipartial okay may, may the best wrestler win okay hey man just cheer for both of us okay I, I don't I'll, I'll try I'm gonna try <laughs> I'll wipe his I'll wipe off his tears when I Steal his belt from him. I'm not, I'm not doing it out of maliciousness. Oh, no, yeah, of course like, not. Like the promo said, I'm not being mean. I'm not saying, screw you. I'm going to beat you up and take a belt. <laughs> that that, that would be like, every other promo. Yeah. I got you. You're, you're attacking Effie you. like this mentally. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Oh, no, I, I think the respect does shine through in the video. Obviously, you guys respect each other. On Twitter, you can do the little, little playful jabs. It's, it's all great. And... It all adds to the story of Leva Bates versus Effie. And you can see it, folks, live on Saturday. We'll see you there. Leva, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for letting me eat and draw on the show. Hey. All the weird noises in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm we glad were you weren't murdering very, someone. Very, uh, very excited to have you join us. And it was a real pleasure talking with you. Yay, thank you for having me. And once again, we do want to thank... The lovely Leva Bates for taking the time, stopping Thanks by. Thanks so much, Leva. Yes, yes. Very fun talking to her. She's she's all right by us. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. And again, we do want to thank Rich Bokini for also taking the time. We'll see the both of them this weekend, folks. Will we see you this weekend in the swamp? 
in Hogtown. We now know why it's called that, thanks to Professor Darren. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> Hardcore Hot Fest Wrestling, it's on Saturday. Get your tickets online now. And uh, go and have a good time. And if you are making your way down south or north, depending on where you live geographically, let us know. A lot of ways you can let us know. Let us know on Twitter. At Refn Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We appreciate it. Look us up on Gmail if you want to send us an email or a Gmail. The whole Refn Show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram. That's where we post all sorts of lovely Fun, exciting, memorable pictures for your enjoyment. So thank you for liking them. We love to see the activity on there. And we love when you ask us questions, make comments. We try to get back to you. Uh, Instagram is a great place. You can find us there as The Whole Refn Show. Make sure you add us as well. Our numbers are growing uh, ever higher every day. Thanks for the love on Instagram. Yes, of course, send us love on Instagram as well as Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, hey, man, we appreciate the love of you listening to our episode. That's episode 80 in the bag. We're going to see you next week for 81, where the only wrestling podcast calls it right down the middle, of course. The whole ref and show, by the way, my name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. We'll see you next week, folks. We'll see you fast. Bye-bye. Hey, Darren. What? You got away about you.